Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. Uh, this is going to be like a joint crossover podcast between uh, Get Your Act Together with Mike Bain, my podcast, and uh, my friend, an amazing musician, Pablo Ruiz. Pablo, what's the name of your podcast? Uh, my podcast is PR for Music Podcast. You can find me any uh, distribution platform, such as Facebook, YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of them. This is a nice homecoming because I think the first podcast I did once I moved to New York was yours. Yes, it and, actually was, yeah. And now you're the first guest on mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Thank you and so much for having me in no, your podcast, I, I, I wanted to. I mean, I was coming to meet you anyway, so this made it easy, but... Uh, I want to have people on mm. who are funny, but also are people who work hard and have stories of progression. Oh, uh, thanks, that's bro. kind of the whole point of this podcast is going from being a, a degenerate fuck up to a, a better person. I see. Yeah, yeah we, we both look look awful with our facial hair right now, though. Uh, I have to disagree with you with that. Yeah, I look good. I look good. <laughs> the last time <laughs> your 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 goatee was that bad was when uh, it was kind of short though. It was, but yeah. it, you, you had it gnarly when um, when the police came in our apartment because our old roommate damn, tried to kill herself. bro. That was, damn. So me you and, have to go with that back. Me and Pablo have lived together for uh, two years. Two years. Yeah. Uh, Pablo was the, the first person I met mm-hmm. when I moved to New York. Um, now, Pablo is uh, from the west side of Puerto Rico. What's mm-hmm. the name of your town? So, Las Marias. Las Marias. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved to New York City how many years ago? I moved in 2015, yeah, mm-hmm. like mid-2015. And is a classical pianist, a hell of a pianist. Uh, when I found out that my roommate was a Puerto Rican into music, I wasn't expecting to hear Beethoven every night. I'm going to be straight <laughs> up with you, dude. I was expecting to hear a lot of shitty bachata music. Um, Maybe some crappy reggaeton. I don't judge you, man. No. <laughs> uh, so simple fact, it's very hard uh, since the uh, classical music in the... Um, in the Puerto Rican culture is not as, you know, as prevalent. There's a lot of academics, you know? Yeah. And, but the thing is that to follow such career in the island is very hard mm-hmm. because it's not in the culture. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I get it. Now, it, now, can you make the argument, oh, okay, but it's still in the, aca- in the academia, right? I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the, the situation in all the United States. You have classical music only in the academia, which is a problem. But that means that it's not there's not a control market for for people that want to pursue such career outside the academia world. Yeah, you know? they're not teaching you to play Mozart in Appalachia, dude. It's, it's true. There's it's true. very few pianists coming out of West Virginia. That's <laughs> true. Maybe banjo players, but not not pianists. Yo, banjo banjo is very famous by the instrument itself. A lot of people do follow banjo culture. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was very in, in Virginia, especially in the South, you know. Um, the banjo culture is very still prevalent in the South States. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Bluegrass music. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Deliverance? No. Uh, it's a movie about some guys who go canoeing and uh, they get raped by some hillbillies who play a banjo. Mm. And so the banjo has just kind of um, become like synonymous with sodomy. It's weird that an <laughs> instrument, because that never happened with the violin. Or anything else. I mean, there's there's some tendencies to compare the violin with um, being like a rock star. Let me show you why. Paganini, one of the first virtuoso uh, instru- uh, musicians, he wrote 24 Capricious, right? 
they say that each caprice was wrote um um dedicated to a woman that he slept on yeah yeah i mean you got less all these guys these people were rock stars man they were just they they were uh, not apologetic they would just sleep with any woman they wanted they want to do any anything they, they wanted these people were just i mean it's a misconstruction that these people were saying to something like that it's not even true these people were just savages as any rock stars yeah. today well it's kind of like it makes sense you know how up until the the 50s if you were a jockey and you rode horses you mm. could even though you were four foot five you could get laid anywhere yeah it's, i mean it's, it's go back to the fact that i think we we discussed this about the social value you know even if you can be the plumber but if you can be the best plumber in the world you will have some social status in, especially in the in your um opposite sex you say the best plumber yeah do you think do you think plumbers are out there getting tail who knows, man? Outside of Mario They're, and the princess, <laughs> who do you, you know? You what know, plumbers do you think are getting it in? Dude? You know, it's crazy. I feel. Um, I remember the time that you told me that Mario was in Brooklyn. That that stuff like really destroyed, oh, yeah, destroyed no. my my reality. Mario, I'm like, Mario's from Brooklyn. Mario and Luigi are from Brooklyn, but they decided the it was a matter with you. Brooklyn accent wouldn't go good, so they went more. Uh, yeah, right off the boat. That makes no sense. Imagine, um, I can't imagine Mario being from Brooklyn. Man. It would have been so much better if if Mario said things like "Gobble goo" and "What's the matter, you?" A little bit of that Italian uh, American accent. Yeah, right? if he if he hit Bowser, he said, "Go hey. fuck your mother." Hey, what's up? What's up? Give me some spaghetti meatball. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, but no, you have. Uh, so I want to have you on well, because we're friends, but yeah. also. You and I have had a very similar journey where we left our hometowns uh, and, you know, our family and our friends yeah. behind to go pursue a dream in the big city and come to New York and uh, get violated by this grimy bitch that is New York City, but then refuse to submit to it. And we had a lot of, uh, God, we've had so many motivational, we, we could have recorded a million podcasts just oh in our kitchen God. alone. 90% of them talking about women because Pablo and I were single at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, New York women are a special breed. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, how, where, where can I start, man? Uh, <laughs> New York. Okay, this is, I think, is one of the weirdest things about New York City, right? So the female nature in the city, right, tend to be very entitled. Yeah. This is the first thing that I noticed when I came here. It's horrible. It's just the entitlement that because I'm a woman, I have all this privilege. I think I know where that comes from, though. I think it comes from the fact that... So if you're a woman and you get on Tinder or a dating app in mm-hmm. a small town, or let's you, say you go to a bar in your little town, you only get so much attention. You, you get like five <clears> swipes, <throat> you, you get two or three guys hit on you, and after a while, they've already hit on you, so you don't see any new men. Mm. A woman in New York City turns on Tinder, and she already has a maxed, maxed out 99 plus likes, mm. and she can go into a pub or a club anywhere... And so over the course of a night, a woman will have hundreds of men hit on her. Mm-hmm. And if she's a good looking woman, she will be hit on just walking to the store at oh, any yeah. second of the day. So it's, why think, wouldn't you think you were the shit? Now, I would Yeah. And that's a false, that's a false confidence, right? Let's call it false confidence because you're now mistaking uh, attention uh, with confidence. Let me, let, let me just try to just unravel that. So what happened here is to, since you're in the city, right? You already have uh, you have some advantage because you're a woman, right? So there's a difference between the um, the the man role and the female role. So the man role he has to develop a skill to to chase, right? We have, we need to develop a skill to chase our prey, right? Yeah, you got to learn how to fashion a spear and throw it. <laughs> mm, and the female, it's just 
she already have these options. So you, she, she don't have to develop no skills. So that means that she can just uh, go to the ladder of the hypergamy as high as she can. Even if she's 28, she thinks that she's, uh, she's uh, this person with the high, high, high possibilities of greater things. But the reality is that when they hit those 30, 31, 32, 33, they realize that they're a little bit uh, above the, the line. That's when things get a little bit uh, crazy. And then you see them do, do crazy stuff. Well, what Bobble means by beyond the line is they realize they're getting older and they want to yes. use those eggs before they go back. Yeah. And this this was very interesting because... Uh, I be I was very into the pick of artists community. Yeah, yeah, um, we, yeah. We have was we, very. We've had these talks. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, and I did a lot of pickups for years, man. Since I was started doing before even Wisconsin, and I, I developed some skills. You know, I developed some strategy, and I have my moments. But at the same time, right, I noticed that I have shift. The shift was that I got tired chasing women. Yeah, yeah. And I got more into let me just build myself. And then make sure that I'm a personal value, and that's when I had more results. That's that's what being a man is, dude. Yeah. The the pickup artist community yeah. teaches a boy how to do a, a math problem that says, say this, say this, get equals phone number. Yeah. Um. Beyond, but and that's good when you're like I was a fat kid mm -hmm. up until uh, I got out of high school, and then I went to college, and I got a little fat again, and I lost it. But I've yeah. had some some ups and downs of fatness. Uh, I'm in one of them right now. I lost my muscle after quarantine and gained about ten pounds, <laughs> but I'm still there. But it doesn't teach you how to improve yourself as a man. Yeah. And in order to to get women at the end of the day, because I always hear uh, men that are insecure, it's just be be real. Mm -hmm. be you accept this and that you're not going to get every woman and just say I don't fucking care you mm -hmm. take me or leave me and that's really that's it improve on you be healthy be better be more intelligent and it will just naturally happen now you say very, something very interesting be real right so what does that mean being real right it means that you have to be honest with yourself yeah you, you have be to honest be with honest with yourself that you're not going to get all the women and a lot of people are not going to like you but who right. wants all of them anyway? Mm -hmm. Like, I, there have been so many women I thought I wanted. And then I, five minutes in, I go, I, st I don't know why I have sex mm -hmm. with you. You know, 22-year-old me did. But then there was a point where I grew up and I was like, like, when a woman says dumb shit, it'll make my dick soft. Yeah. I mean, because you're becoming a man. See, that's the difference. So when you're becoming a man, your time is more valuable. So now wasting your time with not valuable things, it's making you comfortable. Yeah. So that's uh, I think it's the that's where the pickup community really um, that that's where they fail. It, yeah. They teach you how to get a woman's number and how to get her mm -hmm. initially, but they don't teach you how to maintain her. And the only way you maintain mm -hmm. a relationship with a woman is by being a man, taking responsibility. Yeah. Manhood is all about responsibility, and I think the crux of becoming a man is this: it's uh, it's pain and suffering. And trauma, mm. and if you don't, if you're never exposed to those, you just become a whiny bitch boy yeah. who just points to other men and says those are the bad men. Uh, though you know, like a fucking male feminist, you do that. Damn, you, I, this is a, something that I like to say, which is that uh, mm. trauma is the catalyst by which the soul of a boy is forced yes. into that of a man. Is that you're supposed to be thrown into the water, mm -hmm. and either you fucking swim and you fucking become a man and you take responsibility for your family yes. and you provide for them and you keep them safe and you give them emotional support 
and you nurture them or you fucking fail and you yes. become a weak link to everyone in your life. Yeah. Um, now, that's a that's a very uh, touchy subject for the fact that that means that you're taking responsibility. And for some reason, I don't know where this concept of not taking responsibility came around. That all of a sudden, everyone's it's everyone's fault, but rather than me being the fault of the same problem, you know, is I don't know what happened in the way, or I don't know what it, maybe it's the the lack of fathers in in homes and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know, know what happened. Yeah, it all of a sudden it just became a problem to just take a responsibility. So I don't know. I, how can I say this? I can speak from my own experience. Getting to the realization that taking responsibility, right? It was a hard truth for me. Mm -hmm. Because if that means that taking responsibility meant I'm going to transform myself from being a kid, become an adult. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts, it hurts when you realize... Uh, it's not just me that gets fucked mm. up by my actions. It's someone ah, else. Yes. And it and it's it's fucking scary mm. because you 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 take on anxiety if you're not sure of yourself and all these other things. You learn to deal with them over time, but you go, oh, there's someone else attached to me now. Yeah. I have a wife or a woman or a kid or my mother or my father. You know, uh, my parents are both sick. Uh, I've told you my situation. My yeah. father's very is, is been an alcoholic and he's very sick and I had to take over in my family mm -hmm. and you know not necessarily I wasn't there to financially support but I was there to emotionally support mm -hmm. that was my job was was to become is that people need a beacon to look towards mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you have to fix everything for them it just means you have to listen to them and you have to give them advice and you have to fucking love them yeah and a lot of people don't want that and what you said about lack of responsibility my prediction with that is that it's it's a consumerist society. Mm. People have been taught not to value, value relationships, but to value things. Mm. Okay? Because I think, I came to this realization during quarantine, how important it is to have a family. Yeah. Okay? And at some point, I would like to have one. When mm. I find the right woman, I would like to do that. But I'm going to be very fucking picky. I don't mind mm. waiting. I'll wait and I'll find the right one. But it's... Uh, we've been... So, my grandparents... Uh, had one of my grandfathers had seven kids and the other had six. Yeah. They actually had extras, but you know, like two or three died. That's just yeah. how it worked, man. You have a little that, That's kids. how it was back uh, then. And yeah. just, some of them just wouldn't mm -hmm. fucking make it. But you know what? The the weak ones died and the strong ones lived. Mm -hmm. And that's how it worked. And they both supported stay-at-home wives, six, seven kids as bus drivers. Just city bus drivers, right? That's crazy. And then something happened in the 60s and the 70s when my with the baby boomers where yeah. two parents needed to work non-stop just to make ends meet to have two kids all right and we were told fuck having a family having a family is failing what you need is to buy a jet ski dude mm -hmm. you don't need that shit you need to buy a new tv you need to buy shit keep working and buy shit keep going out keep going yeah. out keep going we taught people not to value people that love us like dude jet skis are fun but uh, I'd rather not die alone in a nursing home. Yeah. I'd like to have a kid that I can bother. Mm. You know, I can come over his house on Thanksgiving and say, whatever is now bigoted for that generation. And they go, yeah. that's just fucking grandpa. That's grandpa mm. Bane. That's what yeah. he does. Complains about androids. <laughs> you know what's crazy, man? That now they mentioned that consumerism is, I think, a, a feminine energy. It is yeah. a fem yeah, it's a feminine energy. You're right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
No. I just clicked right in my head. Yeah. So, be, um, as a man, we, we are not picky with things that we wear, right? Mm -hmm. So, you notice you... I don't, you yeah, know, look at us, dude. Yeah. We're not, you think we fucking dressed up for this shit? You know what's crazy? When I'm I met comfy. Mike, and we were talking about the same shirt that we were wearing for the last six years. I still have the shirts that they fit me well, and I've been using it for the last 10 years. Dude, I'm moving out of my our old apartment yeah. right now, and I get shirts from when I was 18. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more like a feminine energy, right? Regarding how to take things. How can I just grab things, right? Because it's a different narrative for the female world, right? The female world, she needs resources, right? We provide resources. So, yeah. As a man, you're always providing resources. We provide so, the raw materials. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think um, since you have now lack of fathers in their home, now you have all this energy provide for the female nature. So this is mm. this is true, and I can tell you yeah. my prediction of exactly where it comes from, because uh, I came to this realization also, which is men don't really shop. No, we don't. Don't men like I had this realization that what what does what drives a man consume? My friends spend money on beer, football. Mm. They buy like three video games a year, Madden and the new Call of Duty, and maybe one other thing. And that's it. And did I say beer? They buy yeah. more beer. So beer, sports, yeah, video games, and then the rest of the money goes towards their woman. Yeah. But every girl I know spends money on a million different things, which is why they obviously is the more money a woman makes, the more she has to spend money on makeup and yeah, new things. Exactly. And, because that to them is a status thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas a guy, I don't. I can still be respected by my friends and be a bum. Yeah. To a degree. To a degree. To yeah. a degree. If I'm not taking care of my family, then, you know, that's something else. But mm. I know where this comes from instinctively because men are hunters and women are gatherers. Yes. That's why when men get together, they act like they're in a pack yeah. and they go out looking for women to pick up or men to fight. It mm. becomes a primal thing. Yes. Whereas women, uh, while men were out hucking spears into the ass of a water buffalo, were picking berries. Yeah. And you know where I notice this? Go to a department store and look at clothes racks and watch women just taking shirts off a rack. It's like watching a group of like early cavemen pick yeah. berries. It's the same exact thing. And we run from our instincts in society so bad. We've been told as men and women, don't be what you naturally want to be. And the more you fight that, whether it's you fighting your impulses as a gay man or you fighting your impulses to just be a masculine yeah. fucking aggressive man or your woman fighting your impulses to be a mother because mm -hmm. so many women had told, like I had a girl comic who came to me and said, don't tell anyone. And I'm doing it right now, but I think she'd be okay with that. Don't tell anyone. I want to be a mom and have a family. Yeah. And I said, that's okay. Tell me the story. Yes. That's okay. You should never feel ashamed. And she, I said, why do you feel that way? And she said, because I think other women in the industry, I know they will, will act like I'm washed up or a traitor or I gave up on my dreams. People act as if children are a guaranteed end to a dream. Mm. And I don't, I don't think that's the case. You know what's crazy, man? And this is now we, um, I have to be responsible for this, but this is men's fault. Yeah, absolutely. We men's, so here's what I believe, right? I believe on in, 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 in life, there's a structure. There's always structures, right? You cannot go alive without no guidance or, or, or some kind of map, right? So this is structure. Right. In order to keep that structure right, you need to have very strong, strong, strong mental uh, stamina. Right. So the man who's uh, married to a woman. Right. He has to portray himself as a man. Well, now, what is a man? The man is the one that provides, protects those that are uh, 
around him. At the moment that you're with a woman, right, and she can smell weakness on you, she will swallow you. Yeah, well, that, that's that's her instinct. Yes, to test you, to say, is mm -hmm. this man going to be yeah. a? Are you going to provide for me? Because if you as a man can't stand up to your woman, how are you going to stand up to another man or anyone exactly. else in your life? Exactly. It's a test. It's 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 a consistent test. Yeah. Same way you you check your engine on your car. Yeah. That's her checking you to see if you still have a pair of balls in your pants. Mm -hmm. And if you lose them, you're that's gonna it. lose her. Yeah. That's it. And this is um. This is where I just say this is the man fault. Man has to learn how to just provide boundaries. Boundaries is what makes us right respect our territory, right? Um, I'm gonna tell you a story. Um, I was working. Remember the company that worked, Momentum, right? Yeah. So I was working for them. I I, I finished with them. I finished with them because I, it was good money, right? But there was something I couldn't just just go um over the road, right? It was that they crossed the boundary too much. Yeah. And if you complain two or three times, that's good. But as soon as you complain the fourth time, you have no power. That means yeah. they don't respect you. So then I have to decide, okay, the job or my pride. That's always a hard thing to do. Yeah. And I went with my pride because I know I can find all the jobs. You see, you, you see that thing? Dude, I, I was in the same boat. Yeah. I was working uh, a job at a telecom company. Mm -hmm. And it, it was, I, I, I was um, the first one in my father's side of yeah. the family to go to college. And. My father made it a huge thing, and it was a horrible idea because mm -hmm. college is just a place to get brainwashed and Ugh. and get a lot of fucking debt. It's, it's not really a place where you learn life skills. You only learn life skills by living life, okay? You don't learn about the world by sitting in a room reading a book. You fucking go out into the world. You mm -hmm. hop on a plane. You go somewhere, and you just fucking make mistakes, and you live, and that's how you learn. That's how you get some fucking scars, and you, you become stronger, mm -hmm. and... I was at this, wanted to utilize my degree. I got this job at a cubicle and I almost went nuts. Like I planned out how to fucking like beat my CEO with a baseball bat. I figured Damn, out bro. exactly where his office was. I go, there's no security here. I was like losing my fucking shit. Like this is like, the closest time I've come again to losing my shit has been this two, two or three months of quarantine where I almost went fucking nuts because mm. I lost everything. And... I remember finally my, my, my girl at the time telling me, I was after work and we were out getting food and she goes, you're just fucking miserable. She goes, you suck to be around. Damn, and it hit bro. me and I go, fuck, dude, I do suck to be around. I'm fucking awful. I just suck. I'm, and why? I'm, and I go, it's my responsibility. And I, I had built, they, they, this company was very good at making us feel like we would die without them. Like mm -hmm. an abusive boyfriend. I was just sitting there like, oh, what am I going to do if I don't have a place where I can make yeah. $17 an hour and be treated like shit day in and day out? Mm. And I had two days left in summer and I looked out the window and I go, this is how I spent my fucking summer. And I looked at all the people around me who had been there for years and I go, I'm not going to be you motherfuckers. I don't want to be this miserable mm. prick. And the next day I woke up and I just hopped on a ferry and went out to an island in Boston Harbor. Nice, bro. And... I, Two days, three days later, I got a call from my mother because she was my emergency contact. She said, you know, your job thinks you're dead. And I go, yeah. She's like, you can't just do that. I go, yeah, I can. Because yes, I can. just did. Yeah. I go, I don't owe them anything. Yeah. I owe them about as much respect as they gave me. That's a great point, man. And I think, the, and I wrote this, in a, um, I think it was a couple, day, uh, a couple days ago, it's about um, the pride of being a man, right? 
how important it is, right, for a man to have pride. Not only pride in himself, but of his family. Pride is, is his last name, his country, the place that we live, everything. If a man lose sight of the pride, right, he will lose sight of who is it, who is who is just um who he really is really is yes you cannot do that man yeah i mean i have pride i have pride of my art i have a lot of pride of my well, art well you're you're an amazing pianist but well yeah. what got you into music and mm. what inspired you to get to this point so basically i always wanted to just you know be expressive in in, in the arts i always imagine myself you know um you know being famous and just play my instrument and stuff like that and I was wondering why I want to do that. Why I want to just go around, play, you know, with orchestras and stuff like that. Get women. Yeah, get women, <laughs> shit like that. It's all that's, part, it's, that's it's, always part of it, man. It's just part of it. That's why I got yeah. on stage. You get yeah. on stage because you think men will respect me and women will fuck yeah. me. That's why every dude gets on a stage. And that's a great point. It's just, uh, I, I'm, and now I'm, I have abundance, right? Yeah. It's just the, uh, the fact that I have freedom and abundance. Now, time kept going right and then my my focus changed now instead of just thinking about those things i'm thinking okay now i'm more into the legacy legacy became more important than having women money and all that shit mm -hmm. right and now it's more about legacy and pride so now legacy pride is more important than money and women because i already had both of them so I already have the the experience with the, with the women, and then I started to experience. It's overrated. With the yeah, it's way overrated. It's overrated. It's way overrated, dude. You ever you ever finally got laid from someone, and you're like, dude, I spent so much time. Mm -hmm. Pablo, I was just clearing out my phone, and I looked at the amount of text messages yeah. I have hours I've wasted just trying to hook up with girls, mm -hmm. and I went, "You're a fucking loser, dude. Mm -hmm. You could have written a book. You fucking bum. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with yeah, you, Mike? You know what's crazy, man? Um. And remember when we were having this conversation about spending time with spending time trying to get a woman? Yeah, right. Spent thousands of hours. You've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. Thousands. Imagine you're redirecting that energy to something else. Yeah. Imagine if we learned yeah. languages, right? Imagine yeah. if I could speak German with you right now. But mm. no, I had to try and fuck Karen from Bumble. Damn. That was me. That was I was like, oh, I could, I could. Uh, I don't that was know. a bad app too. Bumble. Yeah. First, first girl I ever got laid with off of a dating app was Bumble, and that was it. That was that it. That was right? it. That was it. Just and then years down the line, nothing. There's there's some weird conspiracy regarding the dating app, man. The dating app is is just a scam to just get guys, monies, man. Some girls do it. We yeah. uh, we we lived with a girl who did that. Yeah. Oh yeah, bro. She she shacked up with him right now. Damn. The guy that she milked dry. We live with a girl who was a a succubus she would get with men and she would drain them of their emotion just it, just and their money and and she would break them she she got off sexually Damn. on breaking their manhoods and and like literally yeah real, literally she, yeah. she openly said only the strong deserved to survive and she would she would put men to a she would gaslight them to a point of insanity and then fucking break them and it was it was very Watching her do it in action, dude, it was like it was like watching a a cheetah tra chase down a gazelle, or it was it was like watching a, a bear eat a caribou, Damn, just like man. rip its fucking intestines out and go to town. And it was it was awful. It was, uh, you know, that's when you started noticing. I've been okay. I've been living with women for years as a roommate, you know, ex girlfriend stuff like that. But 
seeing their natural behaviors, right? And their the way they deal with men. My goodness, that really opened my eyes to like a different different perspective about what the hell are we dealing with, man? They get for example, her the way she was explaining how she would just conduct herself with these guys and just stripping their resources, the man manhood. Oh my goodness, it's just you don't know what to think. I know what to think. I think you're. I think you're. She's a fucking demon. <laughs> a she, she was a fucking demon. I mean, was. hopefully she grows out of it. But at that time, she was she was Damn. a monster, and I called her I, to her face. Yeah, and she was just like, "Okay, you know." Yeah. She realized that she's a demon. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. It's. No, I learned a lot of lessons too. I, I think men men get arrogant in their concept of women. Yeah. Which is why uh, so many men get taken advantage of by women mm-hmm. is become men just assume that women are weak and yeah. that they don't have mental faculties to manipulate or control them or to just pimp them. Yeah, women can pimp dudes. I've seen it mm-hmm. happen. I've gotten caught up in it. I, we've all been got by a yeah. girl, you know. And you just learn. Yeah. And it's I don't I, I never like I may say some shit jokingly misogynistically. Yeah. I don't ever underestimate women. No. I know what their full fucking capabilities they, are. They, um, and this is, now that you enter into this, as a man, right? So this is my belief in a lot of these things, right? As a man, I just make sure that my reality is stronger than hers. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very unapologetic to that shit. Well, you, you need know? to be. I also, yeah. I don't, so it's why I don't often let women get away with shit with me is because yeah. I expect more out of them. Yes. Uh, a lot of times I think, women are babied by men like yeah. fathers will never hold their daughters to the same standards as their sons and therefore they get a certain amount of spoil or privilege and they're not held to task and they, they don't build up a defense towards life and mm-hmm. i don't i don't allow that I'm, I'm like you're a person uh you don't get to play the naivete with me you don't get to pretend yeah. like you don't understand things you're a human being just like me, and I expect the fucking best out of you, as you expect out of me. Do they, or do they develop it in a different way? It depends, because everyone's different. Yeah. And I'm not, I can, it's easy to sit here and stereotype. Some women are like that, mm. but I've met plenty of girls, and these are the women I'm attracted to that weren't. Yeah. Who basically were like, you need to fucking step up. Like a girl who have, gets pregnant at 20 and realizes, I gotta be a mom. Mm-hmm. And not a shitty one. So guess what? I'm going to buck the fuck up and I'm going to be a mom Mm -hmm. and I'm going to fucking, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to handle my shit. I'm going to be responsible for my actions and myself. Mm -hmm. And that's all it is about that manhood and womanhood and just adulthood is saying like what we were talking about, like when you're dating a woman, it's, it's always your fault. That's Mm. what I always do is I remind myself, this is my fault. Yeah. It's my fault. If the relationship failed, it's my fault. If this didn't get fixed, it's my fault. If she can't express herself to me or Mm -hmm. I won't express myself to her. Cause that's my responsibility as a dude is to Mm. just say, it's my fault. Now fucking fix it. Yeah. You know what? That's very interesting is that as a man, that's why I I was telling you that a lot of these things that happens is because man itself do not know how to take responsibilities on these situations. You know, if you are not, you have a couple right now, I have a, I'm a woman, my woman's pregnant, right? Well, yeah, that's what I wanted yeah. to get into was, so, so Pablo yeah. called me, maybe I had left the city right after like things got bad with the virus. I was spo- supposed to go on vacation. I didn't, I went to stay with some family in the woods and 
Pablo called me maybe two weeks in and he goes, mm-hmm. Mike, um, my girlfriend's pregnant. And I go, yeah. congratulations. But also in the back of my head, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Like this is a hell of a time to be having a baby is like, and how dude, uh, did you shit a fucking brick, man? Like when you found out that there was a pandemic and the world was shutting down, you, you had just lost your job. Or you were on hold, mm-hmm. and now your girlfriend, you just moved into a new place, and you live in New York City, mm. which is a fucking expensive city, and you're about to be a dad. What was that like, man? I man up. You, you did. That's why I'm fucking yeah. proud of you. Yeah, I man up. So as soon as I got the, the news about I'm going to be a father, I'm, I just switched very quick, like, okay, now I have to take responsibility about this. Yeah. Now it's, uh, shit just hit a fan. Now I have to be the leader of my family. And now I have to make sure that I guide them. And I have to make sure that my woman feel like a woman with me. Right? I have to make sure that things are clear between me and her. You know? Yeah. I have to make sure that I guide them to this process. You don't know, let her know that she's safe and careful. Yeah. She, want to, she feels very safe with me. And yeah, the fact is, it's not that she feels like that. I made her feel like that. So how did I did that? You make sure during this pandemic, everyone could have just lost their mind. Most people yeah. did. Yeah. I, I at various times kind yeah. of did. I pulled myself yeah. out of the ashes. Yeah, it, because it was not easy. You've seen the news, everyone's dying, stuff like that. I have people calling me, hey, my dad just died because of the corona thing. I understand that. But even though I have conflicts inside my mind and all this stuff just going um, crazy, I have to portray to my family right, that everything's under control. See? Yeah, I think that's a that's that's a huge difference when conflict comes to you. Just to take a deep breath, compose yourself, and just move forward, man. Just move forward. Just make sure your family trusts you. Yeah, that's the yeah. most important thing. It's like there's kind of like being a politician. Even if you don't know what's going to happen, you tell yeah. them it's going to be okay. Because the truth is, people don't want to hear the world's going to fucking end. Yeah. All right. You don't have to lie to them, but you tell them. And the reality is, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. If shit gets bad, it gets fucking bad, and you just work through it. Mm. Okay? You don't sit here and you cry about what's going to happen. You suck it the fuck up, and you take the punch in the face, and your nose gets broken, and it reheals. Now, the question is, do, how, do we have control of that? We don't. We only have control over ourselves yeah. and how we interpret that. Yeah. We don't have control. If there's a thing, if there's a demon going outside called coronavirus, I cannot control that. I can control what do I do in my home. I can control mostly what I can do in my surrounding as close, right? Because even though, even that could be even out of my reach. We control whether or not we wear face masks. Mm. That's what we control. Exactly. <laughs> that and uh, how we interpret the world. How we, Because not only do you have to deal with coronavirus, but you have to deal with what's going on in the country right now politically. Would it like the riots, the mm. protests, and... A lot of people, you know, it's hard to say because there's a lot of different factors going on right now, but there is there is a group of people who believe that they're having a revolution in America. And they openly state this. Yes. They're openly stating, if you go online, there are people who say, like if they're called out for going outside, yeah. they'll say, well, it doesn't matter if we, if we don't social distance, we're having a revolution. Yeah. And that's a fucking uncertain time mm-hmm. to, to be having that and to be a fucking dad because you mm-hmm. go look at your kids and say, it's going to be okay. And it, it might not be it, it, down the road, but right mm. now it's okay. Yeah. So in my case, right, that I'm thinking about my future and my kid, right, is that, 
okay, so now I have to make sure that I get involved into the process. I have to make sure what decisions are going to be made to ensure the future of my kids or my family. So now I have to be more conscious when we talk about politics or we just enter the, in the politic realm mm -hmm. that I'm making decisions not only based on, on my um, circumstances, but my family's future. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's different. Now it's not about only Pablo being, you know, all this conservative stuff. Now yeah. it's about my family, my kids. I think that's what makes people naturally more conservative as they grow up is having yeah. a family. And so I've noticed how people are, mm. are reacting. So I've talked with a lot of people. And as I said, yeah. I feel like consumerism turns people away from a family and a tribe yeah. and the things that you really need to fill your fucking soul and spirit. We spoke about the lot of community in, this, in the city. Yeah. Did we yeah, spoke about this? Like I noticed right when I got to the city, it's kind of in, in gentrified areas. It's every person for themselves. Yeah. No one cares about their fucking neighbor. They just care about their status. How am I viewed? Did I post the right shit on Instagram? Do I yeah. have enough followers? Am I wearing the right thing? It's not, am I loved? It's not, do my kids respect me? Yeah. It's not, do, do, does anyone respect me? It's not, there's no honor or respect or any of those things that I value, that you value, that a lot of people still value. And what I noticed is, um, and I've, I've talked with you about this, about how important it is for a politician to have children. And I yeah. never thought anything about it, but... I've seen like with what's going on with the quote unquote revolution or riots mm. or whatever is going on. Now, a lot of people out there are clearly uh, protesting for like leg leg legitimate reform that should happen. Uh, mm. Qualified immunity, I believe, should be taken away. I think most conservatives and liberals can all agree on that. But there's also people who who are like, dude, there's a lot of people out here that are just fucking pricks who want to see the world burn. Yeah. Okay. And and they don't care. And mo you know what? You know why they don't fucking care? Cause they don't have kids. Mm. And they don't have a future. They're not invested in what happens next. And I've noticed my friends and my family who are fathers and mothers are viewing this very differently than very the ones who don't have kids. And when I came back to the city this morning, I was very like, oh, I felt all joyous and I felt happy. And I go, and that was good. But at the same time, I felt free because I didn't, I was like, oh, I don't have my family here with me. So I don't mm. feel invested. I didn't feel invested in the mm. world when I got back to New York City. All I was thinking about is, flat out, dude, how am I going to get my fucking dick sucked? Mm. Like everything I thought about when I lived here before, yeah. which was, all right, uh, where am I going to smoke a blunt and how am I going to get my fucking dick sucked? Yeah. Just basic fucking monkey th shit. Yeah. Not thinking about like, cause when I'm, I was where I was staying, I was with my family, and I was like stand with my younger cousins who were basically like a nephew and niece to me yeah. and spending time with them was, was wholesome and it was good. It's not, it's not as exciting dude as cop and blow in fucking mm. East New York and going yeah. to see a fucking hooker in Queens, dude. That's, that's exciting. It's not mm -hmm. happiness. It's exciting. It gets your fucking blood pumping and you're like, am I going to get robbed? I don't know, mm. but it's not the same as the tranquil peace you get when you wake up and there's a four year old looking in your face and saying, I love you. Let's let's play. Now, now the question is, uh, those things make you excited, but are you hitting the target? I I never went home. I would go home feeling like I got my testosterone out. Yeah. But not my, not spiritually. Yeah, exactly. Satiated. Yeah. And I've noticed that people who don't have kids don't feel alarmed by what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Just fucking tear <clears throat> shit down until there's nothing left. I don't, and that's easy to do. But my friends that are fuck, becoming far more 
politically active and far more cognizant and mm-hmm. conscious of what's going on, I've noticed they're all fathers. Yeah. And there's a direct correlation to that. How do you feel an investment in your culture, in your nation, in your country, yeah. in your civilization, in your town, your race, your ethnicity, whatever tribe you have, how do you feel an investment in that when you're not contributing to the next generation of it? That And that's, that is that is the dangerous right there. The dangerous of, am I, am I being so narcissistic that I don't want to pass it on? Yeah. yeah that, now, that's very dangerous because if you want... I could have just go this road of just keeping doing what I'm doing, just, you know, do my thing and not having a family. Right. But then at the end, at the end, what's okay. So what's my legacy? Yeah. I mean, dude, that's what I talk with my friend James yeah. about legacy a lot. Yes. And it's like, dude, do you, do you really want to be 50 years old? Just you're the last dude standing and you're going out to a pub every night trying to pick up a girl who's 22 or whatever. And just, are you not fulfilled by then? I mean, it's kind of like with me, thankfully, my sobriety is really just, it's not even when I hit rock bottom when yeah. I end something, it's its when it wears off. Because I've nearly died from alcohol Damn. several times. That never stopped me. What really stopped me, I got fucked up and it didn't work anymore. Mm. Okay? I, I've gone out trying to get laid just to not feel alone and it didn't work anymore. Didn't work anymore, I right? I still felt alone, dude. Yeah. Laying there with someone in a bed and you feel alone. That's some fucking psycho shit. <laughs> it's, not only that, um, I mean, it's, uh, it's the same with porn, man. And porn yeah, porn you, doesn't do it for me either. Yeah. I feel dead inside when even, I watch porn. Even, even if you go down the rabbit hole of very uh, uh, rushy, uh, weird things, right? The real nasty shit. Yeah, yeah even though that. even though you go to that rabbit hole, you get the rush, right? But you afterward, you, you feel like, damn, really? It's like uh, the lyrics to that... Uh, Guns N' Roses song about heroin. I used to do a little, but little couldn't do it, so a little got more and more. Yeah, uh, yeah. you start it, off with yeah. something, and you get to the next level, and you're like, uh, you know, you, you're like, you know what? Now I need DP, and then you're like, now I need three P, and then it's like, now I'm watching. And somehow you come around, and you're watching Discovery yeah. Channel, and watching two moose fuck. Yeah, and you go, how did I get here? Yeah, no. It, you know what's interesting? It, this is just a reflection on emptiness. You feel completely empty. You're trying to just fuel that emptiness with nothing think about it you're just trying to fuel that emptiness with nothing when i feel loved i don't get on apps when i feel lonely i can't mm. not be on a dating app yeah i'm just and, and i've realized that's an internal flaw within mm. myself and one that i will always have to work on it's not going to go away it is a structural flaw within me like a a rusty beam in a building <laughs> And it needs to be fucking supported, and it's my job to fucking deal with it, dude. <laughs> it is, dude. It is. I, I've been yeah. there so many, and I and I'll just be like, dude, Mike, what are you doing? And I catch myself doing yeah. it, and I'm like, what? What is this for? Mm. What? Are you, come on, dude. Like, how about you do something? You you've been on your phone for three hours, and you keep swiping, mm. and you just want to. F- it's the same reason I get on stage. You just want someone to go, ah ah, nice job. Ah, look at you. And it's the same reason people post, like, the right politics online, like, right now. Everyone's trying to one-up each other to be the most woke individual. And it happens a lot with comedians, especially comedians who aren't good. Because if they can't get the affirmation Mm -hmm. on stage or in any up from women or the opposite gender, they want affirmation for having the right politics. Mm. They just want affirmation. And what I've realized is affirmation has to come from you. Yeah. First and foremost, if you're not enough on your own, 
like we were saying earlier, yeah. when you get beyond pickup artistry, if you're not enough, just because you're fucking you, you'll never be enough no. with anyone else. Now, is that, uh, when they do that, is that a point, uh, a starting point from courage of cowardly? Say that, uh, so so is, is, is that, is, when they do that, they do that kind of stuff that they want to virtual signal, right? Is that, is that a starting point? It's fear. For fear, right? It's fear of being yeah. rejected by rejected. a group. And which is which is the worst thing you can be as an artist, because in order to be a truly powerful artist, and this is going to sound like the corniest fucking shit I'm going to yeah. say in this podcast, but I really mean it. In order to be a good artist, you have to turn the re is the same quality you need as a good leader. So in order to be a leader or a good artist, you have to fight something instinctually in you, which yeah. tells you shut up and just be a part of the pack. You have to walk away from the pack, turn to the pack or the tribe and say, Fuck you. Yeah. This is what I do. And when all those eyes look at you and everyone's like, what the, and, and yeah, that is a, that is a painful feeling. And I've, I've met people who jumped out of planes yeah. who've been like SWAT pe people who are more afraid to get on stage than nearly risk death because that fear has been stuck inside you by millions of years of evolution to not go against the pack. Mm -hmm. But by going against the pack, It's the only way you can lead people or inspire people. Mm -hmm. You know, if you there's never been a good, the best musicians and comedians were always people who who went against the grain. Mm -hmm. It was never the dude who sat there and said what everyone else wanted to hear. It was never the dude that did it, everything correct. No, it's not the. But you know what's that interesting? You know why the dude that does everything correct never get any praise because he's. Just acting because it in takes behalf, no courage in behalf of just being afraid. He just wants to make sure that everyone likes him, you know, so he does everything correctly, right? Mm -hmm. But in reality, you're just making sure that you go down the deep hole that it's going to be later harder to get out because then you're going to be in a community that they know you are the, the nice guy, Joey, the nice guy. Right now, now you've been Joey the nice guy. Try to be Joey the not nice guy. Everyone's gonna hate you now, but you're going. You already just established that Joey nice guy for years, you know. Mm -hmm. And this happens to me hundreds of times when I started going back to Puerto Rico. Those old high school and bachelor degree friends that I used to have, they see me now with a beard, like shit, like I look aggressive, right? And they cannot even believe it. Even they believe the way I express myself. They're they're, they're like. I used to be this shy, very shy kind of guy. Now you do. Yeah, this kind of graphic guy. I'm, and I'm like, I'm not afraid of you or the world. That's a bit different between yeah. you and me. When I was a kid mm -hmm. and a teenager, I was more passive than almost all my friends. And I would watch my friends get into like fights, like serious fights. Like we grew up in the inner city. I watched, I remember watching my friend just knock this dude out who was twice his size, giant black dude, just walk up drop him like it was nothing and i remember just being like how does he not have any fear just nothing i watched my friends steal and commit crimes and just fight people and no fear and i was afraid and a lot of them as they've gotten older they developed fear now they're they're afraid to ever break the rules the the same dudes who, were, who were never afraid to go to prison are now afraid to send their meal back at a restaurant and i became the opposite i'm not afraid of confrontation now Now I'm a dude who isn't afraid to fuck up or break the law or get in trouble. It doesn't bother me, really. Also, it's easier for me because I, I don't have a family. It, like, in the same way, you're about to be a dad. That is something you have to be more mm. conscious of. But, but I became free 
I got the freedom that people get as teenagers when I was in my late 20s. And I think mm. it's just how I fucking evolved. Maybe uh, that was the way for you to evolve in that way, you know? Yeah. There's, there's some, uh, listen, there's some guys, um, okay, there's some people that just react to cer certain situations completely different. I mean, in, I never might, I never thought in myself that I was going to be a salesman. But then all of a sudden, yeah. I became a salesman. Now I love the job. Well, I like, you also... Necessity, dude. Necessity, you, yeah. That's a good you point. You and I, like, oh, I'll get more deep into this. Me and Pablo yeah. moved to the city. Two broke fucking artists, uh, you know, in our 20s. Uh, you're, you're like two, a year or two younger than me. Yeah. And living in a, not the worst place, but not the fucking best place either, dude. It, I mean, apartment, uh, as a realtor, man, I, I think we, we live in a nice apartment, bro. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm... I'm yeah. We, we 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 but we what's not the worst yeah what's not the worst and but we 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 had nothing and mm. we worked from nothing with no jobs and made shit work for our dream and not no girlfriends no no family here just just on our own and that the this is like I'm, i was planning a trip to asia and everyone was like how are you just going to do that and the thing you always, always got to realize is You just figure it out. How do you move to a new city? You just fucking do it. And it's hard. And it's difficult. But when you when you need a bed to sleep on, you will make yourself find a bed to sleep on. Mm -hmm. When you need food to eat, you will make yourself find food. When you're in a country and you don't speak the language and you can't figure out how to do something, you, figure you it out. fucking figure it out. You you When you're thrown into the water, you swim or you drown. Mm -hmm. And every instinct in your body is going to tell you to swim. Mm-hmm. I went when I went to Italy it was the same thing. I mean, it was uh, people couldn't just believe the fact that I was going to Italy and just do my thing. And I slept in each airport. Even when I went to Bulgaria, I yeah. slept in the airport for two days. It was very comfortable. Just put the towels in the floor. That's it. It's true, man. You put a couple of towels. I don't know about it, that, Bob. I slept. I'm going to di yeah. disagree. <laughs> so I slept uh, in the Ukraine uh, airport two days in a row, right? And when I was in Italy, I slept in Orlando, and I just make it happen, you know. I could, I didn't have the money to find a hotel or shit like yeah. that, so I had to just make it happen. And the same with the other flight. I was not. Now it became a fact that I was not even afraid to go that far away and just make it happen. That fear of what if I don't know what to do about this, and it went away. I knew if I just went there, my body, in my mind, would just figure out stuff. Me, it would just, just you just do it. And, you know? It's not the best, but it's not the worst. Like, um, when I would first take the bus down to New York City, mm. I would sleep in Washington Square Park. Yeah. I would find a bench and I would just sleep. And then I, once the, once a park ranger would ever kick me off a bench, I, I would sleep in the grass. Mm. And it is what it is. And I had to do the same thing sometimes when I was really broke and I was working. Yeah. And I got, I could gentrify to the neighborhood I grew up in. And I remember having to sleep on a bench down by the water and just waking up. And I had saved some pizza and these ants got in my pizza. And I'm like, fuck you, ants. I'm eating this fucking pizza. I don't have money for more pizza. I remember the time that we were just grabbing some food from the, from the church. Those food, yeah. bro. Those food saved my life, man. Me and Pablo were kept alive through donations uh, from, from a church. Your and church, it's yeah. why I've always had, like, I wasn't, I'm not a religious dude. Mm. And a lot of people try and bash religion. And I think it's just them... Can it be used for evil? Yes. Mm -hmm. But it can be used for fucking greatness too. And Just that's like a great any example. other tool. That's a great example. We, I, you, I always have food because thanks to that church. 
Remember yeah. the patties? How we used to have a bunch of patties. Dude, those guys kept us. I remember Damn. my friend Mike coming over and he goes, why is your milk cotton yellow? And I go, ah, I got it down at the mission. And he goes, dude, are you getting charity milk? And I go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what do you want Fruit, me to do? I mean, bread, food, meat. Uh, I mean, vegetables, milk. I mean, we would have everything. Fruit. Yeah. Remember those boxes that we I used to just bring? My goodness. This was a black church in Bed-Stuy, and mm. they never turned. They never Gate said. Avenue. Gate Avenue. Never yeah. said, "Ah, oh, fucking, you're not originally from here. You're, you're not. You're just not black. It. You don't get any." They were yeah. like, "They would please come and take some. They come and take you. some. They hey, don't need a bag. Take another bag." Mm. They would just force you to take more, and I think that's one of the most. That's a humble experience. Yeah, it that's is. a humble experience to put your. You know what? I know everything is going to be fine. Because it's not easy to be in the city. Let me just uh, let me just emphasize that the city is is a place with great opportunities, right? But at the same time, it just will swallow you if you just show like a small, small, small it's fraction of fear. Is it, we watch that happen in real time. Pablo and I. Woo. So we've had a lot of roommates, we, yeah. and we had one girl who came to the city from Brazil. And mm-hmm. she had dreams. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be a journalist. She was like us. She was older. And the city devoured her. It, I watched, I that's watched a, that's a great adjective. New York yeah. City break a woman in real time. And yeah. as much as I love this place and people want to talk about it, it's the greatest city ever, you regularly watch women cry in public. The New York Times published an article, The Nine Best Places to Cry in Public. No way, women, bro. Yes, women in this... I, I, you'll just be on the train, especially in hipster places, and you're watching just these hipster white girls, uh, 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 <laughs> like they're going to throw up, just, uh, uh, just fighting the tears. And I'm just like, just fucking go back to Ohio. Just go yeah. back to Kansas and be loved. You don't necessarily need this, or maybe you need to work through this, but fucking just... You're it, not built for this. It's it's all the time, and it's like this isn't for everyone, and it doesn't. People come here and they just throw themselves into this fucking meat grinder, thinking that it's guaranteed they're they're gonna get happiness. And it's not, dude. It's not the place that makes you happy. It's the no. fucking shit inside you that makes you happy. It's it's a place that will really. I mean, you will build yourself very well. I I I mean, I learned so many things: how to host a concert, how to participate in another concert, how to network with people, how to move from one job to the other, sell skill, um, real estate. I learned a lot of stuff, bro. Yeah. But at the same time, I saw I saw people getting swallowed, crying. I don't want to be here. Bro, all yeah. that stuff, like like in real, like Mike said, real time. I I remember that. So she was slowly over time mentally deteriorating. Yeah. Because this city just fucking eats you, and it and it it, I, it happened to me and you. Because like, I mean, there yeah. were nights where. I remember coming home on the train at 3 a.m. and people are fighting on the train, taking like the A train and like legit fucking some real fucking nasty shit, dude. Like the city's safer now for now. okay? Mm. and there were people fucking people up when there were cops on the train. So imagine if they're not there. And dude, I mean, I remember towards the end of of our our stay at the apartment, um, I remember leaving the train station at night high as a kite and watching a dude beat the shit out of a woman. And it was the first time Very I common, ever called nine one one because I was brought up not to call the police. And I saw a dude like beating the shit. Either, either he was a pimp and that was his hoe, or that was a boyfriend and girlfriend. But he would he fucked her up, and I it was like I remember watching it, and it brought me back to a dark place from shit I saw as a kid. And it, like it took me a couple days to get over it. And the next day, 
you and I saw a fight between a guy and a girl in the street, and a little kid came up to us, yeah. was maybe eight years old, and he said, and someone, one of the guys said, hey, cop, come over here, because I was white. He just yeah. assumed I must have been a cop because I was in the neighborhood. And the little kid goes, are you a cop? And me, you and me are like, nah, nah, nah kid. Nah. And he's like, can you, uh, there's, there's a fight. He's beating someone up. Can you help us? And we're like, no. There's nothing we can do. I, don't I, mean, I, remember we, I remember, and he followed us for five blocks. Yeah. And it was like, dude, I can't, if I call the cops and the cops come and someone gets shot, that's on me. And I, I stick out. If someone says the fucking white boy with the red hair yeah. called the, the police, they're going to know it's me. And then that's something I have to fucking live mm. with. Not only that, remember the guy that we saw in Gate Avenue that he was laying in the floor. He was bleeding like crazy. He was close to the to the fence. I think he was close to the oh, deli Oh, the dude with his face caved in. Yeah. I remember I, that dude. I, I, I mean, that's, that's when I realized that, that's when I realized that I became the city. I was completely detached. You become numb. Say, completely numb. The guy is bleeding in the floor. It was the middle of the day. It was like noontime. Yeah. And he was just on we the finished, sidewalk with his yeah, face. Yeah, we finished going in. to the gym. We come back. The guy's, uh, and I'm like numb about this thing. Pouring blood. And it was, you know what? It didn't even phase me. Yeah. Because I was like, you know what? The week just get gobbled up. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, it's not a necessarily healthy attitude to fucking have. Mm. And you become conscious of it over time. And it, a lot of people think when they watch videos of the city, they're like, I'll stand up, I'll do that and do the right thing. But the reality is, it's not a one-time occasion. It's something mm. you see day after day, week after fucking yeah. week. week and, it, and I remember our roommate, the day she finally cracked and lost her mind, she started destroying our kitchen and me and Pablo wake coffee up maker. to her and she threw something. She, she threw Pablo's yeah. coffee maker off the wall. She threw a cup at my, she picked up a block that said we, we have a happy home and chucked it in my face. And we just left <laughs> and went to the gym, locked her out. And then she went up to the roof she was, and her friend, a couple of acquaintances, loose friends were like, she's posting. I want to kill myself stuff online. The police come, the police come up to me and Pablo and, we got back from the gym. Pablo's got his, like, dirty goatee. I look fucking scruffy. Pablo has no sh shirt on. I have, like, a dirty white tee. And the mm. cops come in, and they're like, what do we do? And I was like, I don't fucking know, dude. You're the cop. You mm. fucking tell me. And he's like, can we, should we go up the roof? And I'm like, I'm... Yeah, I supposedly, I and don't he's know. Like, he's like, does she hate cops? And I go, I don't fucking know. And he, then he... They go up, they get her down, and then two cops come in, veteran cops, Italian dude and Irish dude. And Italian, he goes, oh, what's, what's the matter here? What's going on? What's got, What's up? She goes, I have no money. And he goes, ah, that's all right. We'll take care of you. I have no food. And he goes, that's all right. She goes, is it a crime to be raped? And I looked at you and I was like, if she fucking tells the cops we raped her, we are fucked. Because well, we, we, we look like dirt balls yes. right now. And she goes, when I was eight, puta, and slaps her hand on the table. And he goes, all right. Fucking grabs it, takes her away. They look in her room. We, we try and get her ID. Um, the smell was horrific. They, it was a very it was, bad it smell. It smelled like there oh. was something dead in there. It smelled like, um, you know when someone never cleans their vagina and then also never cleans their armpits? Those had mixed together. No, no, no. Worse than that. When you haven't done those things, but you close your entire room, right? Yeah, it was, no there was air. no window open. No there air. Was nothing. It was no air. and Everything closer, like... She like had this. been drawing stuff on the wall, like in a beautiful mind, except th this wasn't like intelligent math problems. This was fucking insane, crazy. Yeah. The devil is watching me. Uh, there were ripped up papers from psychologists Everywhere. explaining yeah. there that was, you need to take medication. There was things 
um, you know, and posted all the walls and weird numbers and stuff like that. A lot of suicide um, biographies from artists and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. A that lot was of Kurt Cobain, Anthony yeah. Bourdain shit. And and this this was a a things that really evolved to explode. And I think me and Mike we we tried we, we tried to help her. In the beginning. We did. We yeah, really we, did try and help her, but she didn't want help. Exactly. She just wanted to blame everyone else for her problems. Yeah. She never wanted to take accountability. We would explain, if you want... She, she was like always like, I need to gain more weight, but I don't want to eat more. And I was like, well, this is what you have to do if you want to be muscular. You can either accept yourself as you are, or you can say, I want to change, and you can fucking change. Yeah. And she didn't want to do that. And when it, when I looked in her eyes that morning, I was like, "Oh, you're gone." And then she mm-hmm. went. She get, she spent about twelve days in a psych ward, and then came back, and then accused a guy of rape and said that I saw it, which I didn't. I was out of fucking state doing shows, and then went to the psych ward again for fourteen days. When she first came back, it was just me in the apartment. You were in fucking Romania. Bulgaria. Well, Bulgaria. And the other chick had left. She fucking fled. And I remember hearing someone on the roof and I was like, I think she fucking escaped the cycle. I couldn't sleep. And I had to hide the knives. For a while, I was just like, I'm, she's going to kill me in my sleep. I, but everyone's like, why don't you leave? And I go, man, what am I going to fucking do, man? You know, fucking, she stabs me, she fucking stabs me. <laughs> fucking part of life, man. Like, as long as she doesn't get me in the neck, I should be able to take the knife out and stab her. But you know what's crazy? That is very common. That, that way we saw there. It's very common. It's not something that it's only happened there. Common. It's very some, and you know some of the other people that I know, even outside of the place that we were, even Williamsburg and Bushwick. This is very common. Crazy roommate, all of a sudden just going crazy, exploding. The best part was when I when I spoke with uh, her acquaintance who used to be yeah. a roommate. She goes. I go, I'm surprised you're here because you used to bully her. And she goes, mm. no, I didn't. She goes, she told me that she was in an abusive relationship with her ex-husband and all her all other Brazilian roommates would bully her. And she goes, no, no, she was a psycho and she would li- she made four of our roommates leave. She wow. would she would just focus on them and destroy their lives. And then I found out she was doing it to me. I found out in the psych ward she was talking about me nonstop. She got like obsessed with me. I think because... Which, I can't blame you, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and this is this is more into the psychology of the female nature, is that women are attracted in the form of uh, attention, right? She was always looking for your attention, right? I would give it to her. Yeah, you would never give it to her. Uh, you would always bring your pre-selected man. We were pre-selected men. We would just bring women into the apartment, right? Yeah, we do her. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> no, and, <laughs> and, and she just wants, you know, her nature just was, you know, having conflict. She's a feminist, but then she, she having these uh, alpha male just having their, their own, you know, their own life. Of course, you know. What was? It was the you don't matter. Mm. It was the, I'm not even remotely. I, I'm interested in you, and that's what makes. I've. Re- this, is, this was the mistake I used to make as a young man with pr- attractive and pretty girls. Is I would put them on a pedestal and I wouldn't treat them the way I would normal women. I would overthink my reactions. And that was a mistake. That's really, that's the really reason I ever got women was because I didn't care. I was just me. I acted like who I really am, which means I sang goofy songs. I made funny fucking jokes. 
I sometimes said offensive fucking shit. I was just me. I didn't fucking care. And if you didn't like me, whatever. But when I got a girl that I told myself I should want because of her beauty or status, I I went different. And when I went different and I became self-conscious, that's when I failed. Just as an artist, when I go into a show, obviously I prepare myself and I Mm. do my best. But when I'm over overly in my head about it, about, oh, is this booker going to see me? And then I fuck myself. Mm. I fuck myself. But when I go in there and I go, I fucking got this, dude. I'm going to fucking crush this show. I know I'm funny. I know um, I'm the dude. I know I'm going to do this because I've done it a hundred times before. Mm. And I'm going to do it again. And if I fuck up, well, I'll fuck up and I'll fucking do it right the next time. Just do it again. And when you, when you overly th- think in action... Uh, whether it's in creativity or in trying to get a woman or someone of the opposite gender, mm. you fuck yourself. Yeah. Because you put it on a pedestal, man, and you don't act like who you Damn, really are. That's, and that's the worst, man. Putting someone else in a pedestal, that means that you are looking up. The, you know? You're right. And it, it makes you... Um, it diminishes you. Mm-hmm. And the key to being, uh, being a good creative and being a good spouse or whatever is being real Mm -hmm. like no one when an audience looks at a comedian or a a musician and they know you're fake they feel it you watch it you can watch a dude get on stage and just go this dude's fake Mm -hmm. you're a bitch you're just telling me what i fucking want to hear or you're not being real this is a character it's the same thing when you go on a date and you put on a character People instinctually sniff that out and we're bred to sniff that out Mm. because when we meet someone of our pack and they're not being real, our instinct says, be suspicious. Mm. There's ulterior motives. It's the incongruency. So this is where the body starts saying, wait, something's not congruent here. I don't know if it's story, is it body, something's not correct here. So I remember when I used to, to live in Wyoming. I was still studying classical music, and you'll find these Asian brilliant pianists. Really, Mike, I'm telling you about people playing perfect. You're telling music. me that Asians are good at classical music? Yeah, I don't yeah. fucking believe you, dude. Yeah, they uh, fucking own classical music, man. Check this out, bro. One of the girls, she played one of Prokofiev's sonata. That's a very hard piece for yeah. piano. She plays perfectly, bro. By the end, she gave the last chord, and she go like this. And I remember me watching and feeling that reaction. I'm like, why, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And then you can see the professor saying like, oh, okay, now, now she's mine. Now I can just stand that to the massacre and just, just tell her how many things she had wrong. Oh, you mean the professor wanted to control her? Yeah, because if you play in classical music and in, in music, you never give the audience their control. In performance. No, you don't. You Same never, thing with yeah. a comedian. In comedian. You never give the audience the control because if you give them the control, that means that you care too much for their opinion. Yes. You, yes so you, exactly. as a pianist, I have good concerts and bad concerts, but guess what? I can, I can care less. I can literally care less. You know you're good. Yeah. I don't, need, I don't need nobody's approval for the audience, right? You like it? Good. You don't like it? Good. It's the same, yeah. right? But as soon as this pianist went down like this, boom. I noticed this is the problem with these people. It's the fact you guys give too much control to opinions. Opinions are just a statements that are not even fact. It's just a, it's an idea from someone else, but it's not your reality. See? And I think a lot of artists have to understand that when you play in front of people, it's about your moment, not the audience moment. You know? 
No, you're right. You're right, dude. It's the same thing with with relationships or or, uh, dating is that you have to not care Mm. about them to a degree, but what they think of you. You care about what you think of you. Mm. And whenever I've watched a comedian go into the crowd by by doing crowd work Mm. and uh, they allow someone to talk over them, you don't get the show back. Mm. And you've, you've basically... Like it, everything we do comes back to our fucking caveman tendencies. Mm-hmm. And when you show weakness or passivity, the same way if you watch two dogs fight and then one of them sticks his tail between his legs, when we mm-hmm. look at that, even as humans, we're like, "You're a bitch. Mm-hmm. That's fucking gross, dude." I don't like. There's something about watching a little dog that doesn't care standing up to a fucking pit bull, mm-hmm. even if he gets rips to shit. I fucking respect that dog. Mm-hmm. He, he went out like a like a fucking monster. All right, and that's all it's about it is not been is courage and no fear and saying this is me and if the world fucking wrecks me I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. All right, I go out on my own two feet and I don't die like a coward and that's I think something needs to be said about what's going on in the world right now because I watch so many people that are afraid to be what they are and apologizing for who they are and how they were born and where they came from and it's like dude just fucking own you. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't care what fucking thing you got going on. Own you. Own you. Stare into oblivion and say, fuck you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right? Because as long as you're stuck ar- around what other people think of you, you're a slave. You're a slave to what they think. And you'll never fucking evolve, man. I think it was Dan Pena that mentioned this um, about uh, the... What's the... Why is this the way he does, right? And he said that this is just a result of a manifestation of low self-esteem. The, the, the fact that people react this way is because they do have a low self-esteem. Most, right? most people do. Mm. And it's been bred into... Not yeah. bred, but think of it like this, right? So if, if, if all of our society was taught to love themselves... The, the, our economic system would would fucking mm. buckle. It would it would it would cripple, and the reason is is because our economic system is built on the idea that you're not enough, and you're mm. not good enough, and you're not smart enough or pretty enough. The entire like Western economic system is from the day you're born, you're told you're not pretty enough. Put on makeup, okay? You're not good enough the way you are. Put on these fancy designer clothes. Uh, you need this jewelry to look better. Uh, you need to buy this this car to get women you your fucking hair is falling out you look gross bald get hair implants you need rogaine okay your dick isn't big enough your tot your tits aren't big enough your fucking ass isn't big enough everything you're told is it's not big enough you're not good enough all of advertising is trying to teach a human being that if they realize they were enough on their own could be happy and to take that away from them you're going to someone who has mm. everything already. In reality, as human beings, we are born with everything we need to be inside of us. And you're taking something away from them. And you're saying, you're not good enough and you're not big enough. So all our lives, we go around thinking, I don't have enough money. I don't have that house in Beverly Hills. I'm not mm. living the American dream the way I th- I've been told in every movie and TV show and music video I've ever seen. I'm never fucking good enough. Mm -hmm. And when you think that way, when that's all you see, when a multi-trillion dollar advertising industry tells you this on Instagram, on Facebook, on TV, in every aspect of life, right? You have people who sit at home and they watch, I guess, Cribs isn't on anymore. But you listen to musicians talk about how rich they are and how much they have while you're just fucking taking the bus. 
I've done that, dude. I've been on the bus just listening to someone mm-hmm. singing or rapping about fancy cars and jewelry. And I just think, I'm a fucking bum. I suck. And then it's in that, that it gets in you and you got to fight to get it out. That was my whole getting out of being a weak man and depression was getting that fucking shit out of my fucking head because it's poison, man. It's just like the fucking shit they put in water. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, Exergen. Uh, no, no. No. <laughs> uh, fluoride, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like when you eat toxic fucking shit. That's another thing, man. You, you're told eat this food and then the food makes you fat. And then you're told, well, you're too fat. Take this fucking medicine. And then the medicine fucks you up in another way. And you take something for that. You're always told you're not enough, man. It, it, I think because is the competition. A lot of these people are afraid of the competition. If you become better, right, that means that you're a threat. Making a threat, that means you're going to compete mm-hmm. against them. They don't want competition. No. Why? It's, why Why they want the competition? They have all the money. You can't sell something to the man who has everything. Exactly. It's like that old yeah. expression. A good salesman is a guy who could sell snow to or ice to an Eskimo. Exactly. And it's like, if someone is just good with who they are, How do you sell them shit they don't need? Mm-hmm. How do you sell a man or a woman something that they don't they need? They don't need, yeah. Why? Hey, do you want to buy this drone? Why do I need a drone? Well, you know, it's fucking cool. You should have a drone. Why? I, don't, I, I, get, I get a kid to fucking pay for I got. Where do they live? Where do they live? I live in the mountain. Okay. Imagine having been in the mountain and just seeing those houses that are up below your mountain in the higher place, in the high, from a higher, you know, height or mm-hmm. whatever. And we go, oh, all right. Because, but it's the, where they attack with the greed is the same as, let's say the Beverly, Beverly Hill, Hollywood, yeah. you know, why, why, why you need to leave there? Because you can fuck kids there. <laughs> yo, yo. Uh, I, dude, I, don't wanna, I don't know if I want to open that can of worms. I mean, I, I mean. I already it, talked about it on other podcasts, <laughs> but it's just, it's so prolific, think, man. Yo, yo, I think, I think was my, our first uh, podcast together. I think was the first episode that we went on a little bit in the rant and in, through the, the, you know, the pedophilia Because it's just stuff. so prolific and it's, we're constantly dollars. distracted by it. And yeah. The royal family is doing it. Our politicians are doing it. Our celebrities are doing, are doing it. it. Yeah, it's just, it's it's. It's crazy, man. It's it's, it's crazy, bro. Like now, it, yo yo, when you now that I'm becoming a father, right? It scared the shit out of you, man. Dude, I I don't have kids, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine. Like I can't. I have a hard time watching those documentaries because I yeah. want to know, but but hurting children is something that that I can't. It, it makes me want to really fucking kill people. Mm-hmm. Uh, is And I'm not just like, look, you're fucking Dane Cook and you want to date an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Fucking do you, Dane. I'm not just talking about if, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't date women at the age of 25. I don't care. I'm talking about these psychos that abuse and groom fucking little kids. Yeah, okay? that, that stuff is real, man. That, oh, my God. It's just uh, what really hurts you is the industry... It's not about millions. It's billions, billions and billions of dollars. You know, that's what that really hurts. And I don't want to just go deep in the rabbit hole with this. Yeah, we'll save that for another yeah, podcast because I want to inspire people on this yeah. one, not make them fucking want to explode. Just their make sure, out. just make sure, right, that you, you, right, as an individual, you are aware of it, right, but you don't want to give it too much attention to it either. You don't want to be the person that say, oh, 
Oh, so Masuma, I'm not immortal. I'm gonna die one day. Oh my god, then you got obsessed by death, you know? You don't want to be that person. Well, it's, yeah, it's, um, I did this with, like, when, when mm. rioting started. I yeah. was like, uh, dude, we're gonna have, like, a civil war. Oh and I was god. like, yeah. and who says we, I don't, I don't know. I think things are gonna get worse before they get yeah, better. Maybe. I, I do. We don't uh, know. Whatever. I, but I don't know. And that's what I had to tell myself is, you stop just getting obsessed with this. And I know it's easy to because you, life is uncertain right mm. now. And you just want, you're just falling down a hill and you want to grab a rock and feel steady. Yeah. And guess what? You don't get to feel steady. No. no yes. This is where, this is where, in my case now, that I'm a girl, this is where I just have to show her that I'm okay. That I'm, I'm, I know everything's going to be fine. Yeah. She cannot see me just going crazy like, oh my God, I need to have my guns. No. She had to see me that I have in control. Mm-hmm. That even though this start, this shit is going crazy outside, inside this house, everything is fine. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about nothing. You know? In, in some cases, don't get me wrong, it just, it does concerns me. It concerns me. I think it, if it doesn't concern you, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it does concern me in, in some, in some cases that the fact that, it could get to the to the to the point of a civil war. It can. Oh, absolutely. These man. people, there's and just you know what's crazy? It's not a majority that wanted to start this war from the from one side, but that small minority that just creating all these conflicts, right? Can instigate a civil war. Well, when you're a group of people who doesn't mm. want compromise, then you're going yeah. to create conflict. Because if 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 two people are fighting and one person doesn't want to end the fight, they're not going to stop swinging. Mm. And you can say, hey, I don't want to fight anymore. Yeah. Let's just talk it out, man. We, I get it. We ought to, and someone's still punching you. You get a certain point point, realize, oh, this motherfucker doesn't, this isn't a misunderstanding. This person hates me. Yeah. They fucking hate my guts. That's a great point, man. That's a great point. It just got to a point where we, it's not about, oh, let's, you know, let's talk about this, man. It's, it's happened. We have fought, we fought for a little bit. But it's okay. Let's talk about it. Let's grab a beer. Let's, let's sit down. It's not about that. It's that they really want to have a conflict. It's not that we're fighting. No, we're just going to keep fighting until someone someone just dropped that. You know, and that's I think that's the point. Now, how long did the other side can take it? How long can the other side just keep taking the hits, the hits, the hits until one day one guy one guy just grabs a rifle and start just shooting everybody? Yeah, I mean, well. The question is, is, is when does a sedated society do something? Yeah. Because we're, we're a society that's kind of uh, like a bunch of fat house cats. Mm. And most Americans have just had it easy and they forget yeah. that you got to work. You gotta, that It's weird to me that people are losing their shit right now. And I said this to a, like a friend of mine. I go, you know our grandfathers had to storm the beaches in Normandy? They had to carry a flag that's a great in point. Iwo Jima. And their fucking fathers... Were, were recruited for the First World War when they were 18. Hey, how was high school? Nice. Pick up this rifle, walk over that trench. They're going to be shooting machine gun bullets at you and you're going to walk into them and you're going to fucking die. You know, that's And you're going to fucking like it. And and we can't, we're afraid about what we post. We're yeah. afraid about being ostracized as a bad person yeah. or not having the right opinion or having a fight on social media mm. when people before us Every generation or so, someone has to pay a toll. Yeah. You know what? That's a good point. I mean, we have a so good. Uh, we have the Civil War, the uh, Hispanic American War, the First World War, Second World War, Korea, Vietnam, Vietnam. then the the Gulf the the Gulf uh, War. It was okay. 
I'm not saying it was bad, right? It was but, a fun one. That was a fun yeah. little war, you know? I mean, And then was... we have Iraq <laughs> is okay, but it's not as strong. It's not as deadly as the, the others. That's you know? because society isn't involved in it. Yeah. We're all going to the mall while the Marines are going up. Exactly. Front. Now, I think it's the... Uh, we have we got we had a good man we had a good for a long time and a lot of guys i think i spoke about this is that strong men create uh, good time good time create weak men like weak men just create this horrendous thing it's yeah, true yeah. i mean you don't see the the, the conservative side you're standing up saying you're not gonna you're not going to destroy my status you better just let that that's done that you better not touch that status now and they don't do it you just just complain ah oh, where's the police guess what the police is not coming guess what These the politicians are not going to be any. They're not going to do anything because they are afraid to be to be the cause of starting something that they know it could happen. Yeah, no one wants to. I mean, it's so. If you study the Civil War, you realize that the Civil War in America was supposed to happen almost three decades before. Yeah, and every president just pushed it off to push the next it up, one. Bum, bum. Everyone knew this was going to happen. They knew that abolitionists. And slave owners could not live in the same society. Yeah. That they were so viscerally opposed to one another that this war was going to happen. Mm -hmm. That there was no compromise. There is no, okay, I'll like, I'll own them as slaves Monday through Friday, and then on Saturday and Sunday they get to go to the club and have mm -hmm. fun. That that was that was never going to work. There was mm -hmm. no in between. It was all or nothing, and. And one of the reasons Civil War was so bad is because they waited to a point where our military technology had advanced to a point where now, yeah. instead of muskets, we were starting to get rifles. Rifles, And yeah. we were getting Gatling guns and howitzers. And a war that would have already sucked. Mm -hmm. Sucked a lot fucking more. I mean, it, by the time that we started the Civil War, by the third year, we already going through trench war. I mean, you have sniper rifles and stuff like that. This is early. This is mid 19th century, so we just advanced so more, so much in in war technology that the the fact that we waited so long for this, right? It just it's, it's just to show you how afraid sometimes man is to just accept the fact there's a conflict here. We have to resolve it, even even if the side just if we, even if my side just gets hit or the other side get hit, mm -hmm. we have to resolve it now. And I think we are in the point that um, whoever gets elected, let's say uh, the current president get elected, right? Trump. We're probably going to have a huge reaction. So what are we going to do? There's going to be reaction either way, yeah. man. But yeah, it, that's a good but point. It, obviously, it'll be a lot worse if he wins. Yeah. And, dude, I mean, I also feel like this has been curated. This entire mm. uh, powers of be have taken a situation and they've managed to, managed to manifest it along basically racial lines and yeah. political lines when it didn't have to be that way. Mm. And I have a friend who's a, a black comic and yeah. normally it wouldn't matter, but he mentioned coming to hang with me in New Hampshire. And he's like, I think I'm going to feel not feel right up there. And I go, I'm going to be straight with you, dude. Yeah. It's really, it's conservative as fuck up here. And there's no black people here. If you mm -hmm. show up, I'm not saying anything's going to happen to you. But you are going to feel a lot of eyes on you. And yeah. you're not going to feel at home or in place. Mm -hmm. And I go, when I came back to the city, it was late at night. And I was walking through a, a crowd, a bunch of black dudes. I felt that too. Right away, I felt different. Straight up. I felt different from how I felt three months ago. Mm -hmm. Where Even in my the neighborhood where we were living, I felt different. And mm -hmm. I was like, I felt, I knew my way around here. I was yeah. always safe. But I... I'm not afraid of shit. But now you cannot but do it that. Was, yeah. But it was different. I felt it. 
I think they felt it. I think everyone in society is feeling it right now. And he goes, it's weird. He goes, it sucks. Then the environment I'm safe in, you don't feel safe in. And the environment you're safe in, I don't feel safe in. And all I want to do is be friends with you. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like I'm looking at a situation that's been manifested. Uh, you know, we need, both of us are just regular fucking dudes. We're not in control of anything. Uh, and I the mean, powers that be, they're the ones who walk away and go home at night. I mean, when you, okay, so when you have one side, just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. There's going to, always going to be a reaction to those things when you keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Right? I'm sorry. It sounds like you keep saying capuchin, capuchin, capuchin. <laughs> Love the capuchin. Hey, dude, it's it's all right. I have a fucking awful accent too. Yeah, it's okay. Or they, they, they work for us, but it's like we're unique. It's part of our I mean, it's what makes me myself. It makes, make you, makes you yeah. you. It's sometimes it's sometimes me. when I use it in my pitch, I always try to just pronounce my T as a Spanish T. Some, it somehow makes it better. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. What do you mean? How do you do it? So basically, I go like uh, we do, we just did a couple installations here in the area, and all I want to do is just talking. Yeah. With homeowners and families, so really? I just emphasize that T just to get their attention. Yeah. So, yeah, it's some impulse driven. You want to make sure you control your. This sounds kind of weird, but you want to make sure that you catch the the attention. Of the how family. you speak is very important. How yeah. you meet people and how oh you my get God. them. To, that's everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you. People respond right away to faces uh and voices yeah and there is a study of the human face and some faces look you ever look at someone you go that guy looks creepy and then it turns out he is a fucking creep and if you look at it think about it by genetics it's entirely plausible that a guy who is genetically predisposed to be sexually predacious Mm -hmm. or violent might also have a certain face or visage that goes along with that genetic Mm -hmm. so sometimes you fucking trust your instincts, dude. You just go with your yeah, guts, man. Yeah. Sometimes you meet someone and you go, I don't think uh, I want to chill with you, man. I don't want to chill with you alone, okay? Mm. We can chill out together with a group of people, but you are not chilling alone, and I'm not leaving any fucking... You ever meet a dude and you go, I'm not leaving any females alone with yeah. you. You know who's very good with that stuff? The women. Women will be like, I don't want to stay alone with this guy. But it's because yeah. women have instinct. Just as yeah. we were talking about how we've had instincts yeah. to learn stuff, in order for a woman to survive or to not be fucking raped or assaulted, yeah. she has to learn how to read a man. Mm-hmm. And they are very good with that stuff. They can tell you right away, I don't want to hang out with this guy. And that's why they bring another female with them just to make sure they don't get, you know, yeah. not, not, don't get along with this guy because. You know, guys, guys can be creepy too, you know? Guys can be, be very, very creepy. creepy. I think every dude at some point does some creep shit. Yeah. And you have to learn not to. Yeah. I think it's just part of being a boy. Like, we all have a period where we're, we think we're men and you just realize, dude, I was just a fucking 19-year-old bum. Or I was an early 20 bum. Some guys never get out of this and they're 50-year-old boys. Oh, and that's just, the one that you have to be very careful, bro. And you, you think... You think you're fucking being cool yeah. or you're just getting, I'm just getting what I want. And reality is you're being a fucking creep, dude. You're being unreal. You're being, um, you're not even being yourself. You're pretending to be yourself, but you're not. You know, it's just, imagine just hanging out with a guy that's 55 years old and he still thinks that he's 19. Yeah. Yeah. You ever ha- ha- hung out in a group with someone who's much, much older and you just want to be like, what are you fucking doing here? Mm. Why, why, why? And then the, the way that he reflects or just converse is kind of, you know, you know, you don't have to be the cool guy around here. It's, it's all cool. It's, it's cool. Just be yourself, man. 
you know i think it's because you know inside of you you know that's against the incongruency aspect of things you're pretending to be something that you want you're not and then because you're close to that person you have a problem you know your your environment is being you know uh conflicted mm-hmm. by you know Shit. we went all over the place in this yeah, podcast man. i mean just it is what it is it, no it's good it's, it's natural but uh mm-hmm. i guess um i wanted to ask what do you think was um instrumental in your progression was there any like uh moments or uh literature or any learning um because you like we both fucking struggled out Mm. here and like i remember you told me like something your dad said to you you don't mind me saying on the show which was he said pablo maybe you're not cut out for new york and that lit a fire under your ass like i had never seen before so by the time that my dad by the time that i had that conversation with my dad i have it bad remember I remember you, you, you had, had lost your job. I had lost my job. I was trying to get my real estate license. I, I bad, and then I and what the one of those moments that you start thinking, you know, you you start thinking like, God damn, maybe I'm not built for that shit. I spoke with my dad, and he's like, Paulo, maybe, maybe you're not built for New York. It hurt, right? Hurt. It's like spark a reality, you know, because yeah. maybe fifty percent could be right, fifty percent could be wrong. It has to be. I had to determine such thing to even be a reality or not. And that's when I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just grab the bull by the horn and I'm going to make this thing happen. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere or another. You know, and I start just, you know, grabbing the first thing that, that just come by and just trying to be the best at it. And from there, you know, things got much, much, much better. But that was a reality check, bro. Well, it, w- it was. And I know what you did, which is something that I've always done, which is why I think you and me are still around. Yeah. Is, um, is that like the girl we live with, the one yeah. who lost her shit, yeah. was too proud to do certain things. Yeah. And we're not. We know you gotta do what you gotta do mm. to fucking survive. Yeah. <laughs> I did I did delivery with a kick a kid with a kick scooter for a month, bro. Pablo had a razor scooter and he would he would deliver Popeye's chicken in yeah. in Bedstuy, Brooklyn. Yes. With a razor scooter. <laughs> I would do that eleven PM. 12 in the morning, I would do that stuff, bro. I would just earn my, you know, my 90, my 100 bucks a day, and I would go back home. I used to hustle like a motherfucker yeah. late at night. And that shit, that, that kept me afloat, bro. For real. That little couple bucks here, couple bucks there, got me afloat. I managed to even pay my rent with all that kind of money. But, bro, I would just kick, you know, from downtown Brooklyn all the way to my my house, bro. You ever do work that just humbles the fuck out of you, dude? Dude. Oh, man. You you just do a whole day's work, and oh, then you dude. see your paycheck, and you just go, oh, oh. You just feel like someone just punched you right in the fucking belly. I would. I remember I would just finish my day. I'm like, God. There was time that I would only earn $25, bro. Yeah. I would just work for five hours. $25, man. I remember one of the days that really got to me as I've been working for my labor union. I was yeah. taking out... Uh, production at a theater and it was a it had just been unionized so it was very mm. bad pay very bad hours and I had just done a show I had hosted a show and I had my hot hat with me and someone goes what are you doing and it's February and it was during mm. what we call the polar vortex it was below zero it was well 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 below freezing in Boston it was it was one of those nights when you go out and you're in physical pain within 30 seconds and I go I gotta go take this show out because you're working Damn, outside bro. and I go yeah I'm gonna I go inside and then we go outside and load trucks. And 
that night, three of the workers got frostbite. I put on three pairs of gloves. I I felt like my cheeks were peeling off my face. I remember Damn, being bro. in such excruciating pain and having I would have to go inside, take these heavy cases and carry these heavy steel things and bring them outside. And as soon as you you could never get warm. And we I did it for four hours. And when I got my pay and it felt like twenty. When I got my paycheck, uh, I got sixty bucks. <sighs> And I had got like 50 hosting that show as a comedian. And I remember holding my paycheck and just wanting to fucking cry, dude. Yeah. And being like, fuck. Yeah. Is this what I am? Is this what? It's <laughs> just those experiences are the one. I think that's the one that really humbles you. Like when you've been working for eight hours, somehow you just earn only $20. That really put you in a perspective like, okay, this is, I'm hitting like down bottom. I'm really hitting a place I haven't hit before. But those motivate you. Yeah. That, that always, whenever I had, like when I would get complacent and I would go, you know what, Mike, maybe you just can't do it. Mm. Maybe, maybe you're not good enough. Maybe the world just doesn't fucking want you. Okay. The industry doesn't want you. No one fucking wants you. You're the only one who believes in you. No one fucking else. Okay. You're, you're just, it's taken years and you still don't have it. Fuck off. Go, go fucking roll over in a ditch. And then you, I'll have, or just go back to your old job. Mm. And then I have one of those moments where, you know, I'd work overnight in the freezing cold and I wouldn't be fed. There was no, and you just be sitting there fucking shivering and you're covered in cuts and you, just, you get splinters and you, you, your feet are fucking bleeding from walking around in your boots. And, you, you know, you're just doing it for like 20 bucks an hour before taxes, which in a major city ain't fucking shit. It's nothing, bro. It's and, nothing. And then it fucking, and then it hits me and I go, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't, this isn't. It's know, not worth it, bro. I'm not going to shame anyone who does, man. Anyone who puts yeah. food on the table for their kids is a good man in my fucking book. Yeah. But that moment, those moments, they fucking hit you, man. And I've had a lot of those in this city. Mm. I've had a lot of them. What <laughs> I've had I mean, a lot of them in my life. I mean, it just, <laughs> it, it, it just goes to show you. It goes to show you. I mean, it's going back to the church thing when we just used to grab food for the church. You already, you already know your situation. How bad com, it could become, or you already become, right? That you're okay grabbing some food from the church when you know people will not even do that. So you see, to to the point that you reach that kind of mentality, right? Show you like, you know what? When one day I reach that level, right? I was going to go back to those moments and I'm going to remind me myself how to always keep myself humble, which is very important. You know, you're also, you're never above taking help, man. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, you ain't a bitch to say, give me a hand. Yeah. Human beings aren't designed to be lone wolves. No. We're designed to be packs. We're designed to help one another. Okay, you're supposed to, you're not a man because you suffer alone in silence. You're honestly a bitch because you're afraid to be vulnerable and look at someone else and say, I need help. Mm -hmm. I need, hey, I'm a fucking junkie and I need help. Hey, I fucking, I, I need, and I, I remember thinking I could conquer alcoholism on my, on my own until I couldn't. Mm. And I'd be like... I, I can't do it. I, I like it. I need some fucking help. And you reach out and someone fucking helps you. And then you fucking help someone else. And you know why you can help? You can help someone else because you know it, it could be possible. That's a beautiful thing. 
I think that's why we need to search for help for those people that already conquered those mm. fears of those demons, man. Because they already did. They already did. So something worked for them. So why 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 should I try at least, you know? If it, if it, if it, if it worked for him or for her, it should work for me. Why not? Yeah, so I think that's a great point regarding help. Seeking help from people that are already, you know, successful and all that shit. And basically, the most important thing is just make sure that we always conquering those demons. They, they're never going to end, man. No. They're always going to be there. I mean, you're always going to have to fight. That, that's the thing is with uh, mental health and sobriety is the demon, the monkey on your back, it doesn't go away. Mm. You just learn to deal with it. Yeah. But you it never it. goes away. Inside, I'm still the same fucking fat kid I was at eight who mm. uh, is like, why are my fucking nipples fat? Why Why do I feel good when I eat three triple cheeseburgers? Okay? just And it just turns into a new thing. And, and cheeseburgers turn into alcohol, which turns into pussy, which turns into porn. And then you could turn that into going to the gym or reading books or doing mm. yoga. No, that's a great point. Anything that can substitute such uh, activities, another way, great way. I mean, there's no excuses, man. No. To be honest, there's no excuses. If I, if me and Mike, I mean, we, oh my God, uh, just going back, bro. Ugh. If if somehow we survive from the jungle, bro, anyone can. But I, I get, again, it has to be personal responsibility. You have to, you have to understand that you put yourself in that hole. You can, you can climb out from that hole. Yeah. But you had to do it from, from within. Do you remember when things were getting weird in the neighborhood and we would hear people getting robbed outside? Damn, the bro. That was, that was, um, that was in March and February. That it was, was getting weird. all this. Yeah. It and was getting weird. God, it, it's, you can feel some shit in the air sometimes. Yeah. And I remember noticing that people were getting more violent. Yeah. And I remember noticing, remember we were hearing people get fucking, getting their shit taken outside, uh, in the middle of the night. <sighs> <laughs> remember remember that guy that he was telling you like ah give me uh he was fighting and they were screaming he was screaming i don't remember it but something along the lines give me my money back or some shit like that that was at three in the morning i i, I mean it, it, that happened like three or four times that same month mm-hmm. it was it was getting it was getting out of control yeah just just to give a fun fact the police station is like two blocks from where we live. I watched that dude beat that woman in front of the police station. Yeah. Dudes aren't, dudes aren't scared of the cops before. So, like, imagine now. Just imagine now. And, and mo- that dude actually... So, I for a second thought about intervening. But I mm. realized that this is a... they they This wasn't a random woman. If it was, I would have gotten involved. Yeah. But it was a... There was some type she, of relationship. Yes. There yeah. was a relationship there. And when you interfere in those situations, in spousal abuse, yes, often they both turn against you. Most cops get killed in those sort of situations. And I don't know what's up. Uh, and my thing is, is like, dude, this is in East New York, man. This mm. is a murder capital of Brooklyn. This dude uh, could easily pull a gun on me. And at the same time, I have, I'm also, I took an edible. I was fucked up. Mm. And, right? <laughs> so when he fucking fucking suckered her in the side of the head and fucking dropped her like a ton of bricks. He goes, bitch, I just punched you in front of the police station. You think I give a fuck? And I go, 
Okay. Uh, and I go, he's definitely not going to give a fuck about shooting a nosy honky. I know that much. I just like, dude, he's like, if this is how he treats the woman he loves, he's going to fucking end me. And I was like, all right, this is uh, when I have to be selfish enough to try and preserve my own fucking life. Yeah. And that's when you have to make the decision. You know, this is not my battle. No. You just walk away. And so there's so a time and a place to get involved. But I've also learned in this city, I can't get involved in everything. And I, I told you about the time I saw the lesbians fighting. Uh, I was coming home on the train at three in the morning, a train, uh, watching uh, this butch girl. And she, she drilled her fucking girlfriend in the face and was threatening to beat her. And it, I was like the only one near him. Damn, I go, bro. I'm like, dude, two black lesbians, me, like regardless of whether or not I'm doing the right thing. This could eat like if someone gets on the train and I'm fucking fighting a black girl lesbian like this to, dude it does not look good it doesn't look good for me man like there's there's how do I and what if what if they both turn on me and I'm just fucking fighting two girls just throwing fucking hands and people get on the train and I'm like they'll be saying what the hell are you doing we asked uh, Bob Bob was a guy we used to work out with uh, guy who had had lung cancer. And who had come back from it. Bob, yeah. Bob, uh, I hope he's doing well. He's uh was 60-year-old black dude from the South, and he overheard us, and he goes, you know what you do, Mike? You mind your business. Yeah. And I go, <sighs> yeah. I was like, yeah, but I have to, I'm a good person. I get, obs- we all obsess with our morality and whether or not we are good or bad people. And the reality is, is not everyone's good, not everyone's bad. Mm-hmm. We are a mix. And the idea is to be more of one than the other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in the end of the, it's also like, I mean, it's it's, it's just so hard to make a decision in, in that kind of situation. I had to like be like, all right, she hit her once, and I go, yeah. if she hits her again, I have to say something. I have to at least say something, okay? And thankfully, she didn't. Thankfully, she just verbally fucking abused. No, you were saying. You remember? I remember that Bob was saying like, if she hit her in front of you, that means that they've been in this relationship. He's, for a he long said, time. if 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 he's hit, if she's hitting her in in public. That means it's definitely having behind doors, and it didn't just happen. This, this, the, that sort of violence. When and I've been in a relationship where women yeah. have hit me. That it doesn't just happen right then and there. It builds up it to builds that, up, yeah. and, it, and it built up that because I fucking let it build up to that. Is that there's a scala- uh, escalation that goes from very small kind of acts, and then all of a sudden it just evolves to this it, weird. It, it gets to verbal abuse and emotional USB, abuse and USC, gaslighting, and MMA kind and of then, shit. Yeah. And then you just fucking teeing off and yeah. putting each other in headlocks. And all of a sudden they just you know all of a sudden they just doing Brazilian just in the floor. I mean it, that's not your fight, man. Just let no. it just let it be. Especially in this, I mean. Let me make an argument. Let me be the devil's advocate right now. If there was a community, and you were close to your town, you know everybody, you know Frank and Johnny and, and you know, Polly. If you know then and there's something like that happens, you know the situation. Then it works. Now it works. Well, yeah. that's, it's not something you can have in the city. And yeah. as much as I love the cities, I've lived my whole life in the mm. city. Uh, I don't have a community in New York. When yeah. I was in Boston, I grew up in a community. And... I didn't have that feeling of loneliness. And I, and I knew that you could interfere in the neighborhood because we were all on the same team. We were all poor Irish fucking descent immigrants or Irish immigrant children. Mm. And we were all in it together, fighting the same fucking demon to get out and have a better life. And this is why I think uh, 
I don't know, destruction of the small town, the community, and the family is, is the biggest thing. I know you are going there, yeah. Is you, is no one's invested in anyone else. And that's the thing is you can't, you can't really do that out here because you'd always, you'd be fighting every fucking time. Yeah. You get lost out here. People get lost. And that's why, that's, people's like, I can't believe this home was in, in the city. And I go, that's exactly where it could happen. Because if you had a tribe and somebody became homeless, you would use, you would build them a fucking home. Or if they became such a detriment that they were a negative, net negative in the tribe, you'd be like, all right, buddy. All right, bucko, fuck get, out. Yeah. You're oh. out. You're out. If you don't contribute, you're fucking out. Yeah, and that's that's the power of the community. The power of the community is they, there's some rules and there's some restraint, right? It doesn't have to be um, on law, but it has to be more than moral value that the community has built itself. If you see that homeless guy and the community doesn't like that, they're going to change the homeless life. Just get a job. You don't get to be a leech in a small town. Exactly. I think that's the that's the power of uh, uh, small America, right? It's yeah. very... Um, community driven they they have very strong families and a lot of these people don't like that because they cannot control that no when you have a community it's very uh, it's very strong it's hard to just go come here and just do whatever the hell you want to do you can't change their moral compass you mm. can't just go in and say uh, this is the way your culture is going to change I'm, I'm I your corporate overlord I'm going to explain to you how you don't need this anymore mm. and you need to buy my bullshit that is a good point. I know you're happy right now. You're happy on your little farm with your wife and kids. But, dude, you don't, you don't have a PS5. You need to mm, have a PS5. You have and to. And you're like, well, maybe I want a PS5. And you go, yeah, well, you, you dude, you don't, you don't have a motorcycle? And you're like, no, I don't need one. And you're like, I'm going to spend a lot of money teaching you that you're not good enough without one. And so yeah, it works. And speaking of which, I don't know how long we've been doing this. We've been going for a while, right? What do you mean? The podcast. We've oh, definitely yes. blocked, clocked at least like... There's two hours. Two thing, hours? Oh. Almost 1.45. Oh, all right. So I kind of want to bring it around. What are you... Uh, where are you going to raise your kid? So right now I was thinking... It, it, certainly it's not going to be in New York. New I, York don't, I don't think I could raise a kid here either. New York City or even upstate New York is not even a Maybe place. Maybe in like... I would go to Midwest. Woodlawn where the Irish are and raise a kid there. But even there, it's... yeah. Maybe. Midwest. I'll, I'll go into the Midwest of the country, probably, you know, Wisconsin. I'm very familiar with Wisconsin or Iowa, Illinois. It's very family-oriented. Um, Blue-collar kind of culture. I like that. And it's cheap, man. Yeah. It's just the, the properties are cheap. I can't, with $300,000, I can't have a nice big house, bro. Here, with $3,000, the only thing I can do is just, you know... Just wipe my ass. This is the truth, yeah. man. You cannot do three. You cannot buy a house with three thousand dollars in the city or in New York. Well, not now. Who knows what the fucking this recession will do? But yeah. as of now, as of now, you, you can't. can't. You can't. So I, I have to think not only in the property, but the, the family oriented culture, uh, job, job. I like to do virtual and I feel uh, feel in marketing, music. I'm doing good with a, a music distribution. That's, 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 that's a plus, you know? All the stuff doesn't matter where I go. I always going to make the money. I, uh, yeah, you, you know what? That's the right thing to have is wherever I go, I bring my talent and mm. myself with it. And this was something I came to a realization with is I'm going to come back to the city, but um, I don't need to be here to succeed. Mm. And I told myself I did. And the reality is, is that as, as much as I hated the internet, the internet, as we're doing right now, yeah. allows random people to hear us and allows yeah. us to reach out to people. Mm -hmm. And 
it allows us to free ourselves from gatekeepers who don't want us. Yeah. And let's be, I'll be completely fucking real right now. Um, I've been called out for this. Um, the industry, comedy industry, doesn't want white dudes right now. Mm. And they, unless you're clearly gay, and even then, they don't want a guy, they need you to be like flamboyant or some version of non-binary, genderqueer. But if you're an alpha, like if you're like, one of the reasons they want to cancel Rogan is just, you can say whatever they want about him. It's because Rogan is an unapologetic alpha male. Mm. And there's a group of people who hate that. And it's the and I've I've encountered these people for a long time and they'll just meet me and they, I know I go I know you hate me I haven't said a word to you and you hate me and it's because I will not kowtow to you I will not give you the satisfaction of feeling like you're superior mm. to me well that I'm weak you don't get it I will not I will not give in doesn't matter what you fucking do to me you're not fucking doing it and I realized if if it was if because I had a friend who went to NACA which is where you go to uh, meet college colleges and they hire you and mm. they said hey dude this guy is an amazing comedian yeah uh, i don't want to say too much because i want to give away who he is because i don't want to put his story out there but they said to him they said you're amazing and you're funny but sucks you're a white dude damn and bro another guy i know who had a tv a show blow, his bro, agent yeah. told him uh he goes why won't you turn my calls and he goes you picked the wrong year to be a white dude in hollywood and it's basically and they're not just doing it they're doing it to a lot of minority men who still who act masculine and alpha too so it's if a masculine it's a masculine masculine trait that they don't want to portray yes if you look at a lot of black comics now that are coming out against specials they're usually very passive effeminate and nerdy mm. and they're not like it's not a deaf jam it's not a strong black fucking dude from bedsty getting up there fucking being confident you know telling jokes mm. the way he does like they've wanted to cancel Chappelle and they couldn't they've tried because he's unapologetic and I realized if the, if these people didn't want me before what's going on in America right now, before America was kind of like, you know, white dudes, fucking you guys are the devil. They're definitely not going to want me after. Mm. So why am I still barking up their tree? And why don't I just do my own fucking thing? That's a great point, man. And I think um, finding the niche is very important. I mean, you know, you're, you know, the industry, I know the industry. It's just there's a reality that we cannot control. Right. You just control us, bro. Yeah. All we can do is just control what we can just produce, right? And just make sure people, if people like you mature, they're going to like it either way. They're going to like it either way. So just make sure that we, we just build ourselves from the way down to the to the heavens, you know? Yeah, man. It's, um, I guess if there's something to come away from this, it's, uh, it's family's not a fucking death sentence like we've been told. Mm -hmm. Our generation has been brainwashed into that and it's, It's fucking good to be loved, dude. I know mm. I said a lot of corny ass fucking shit on this podcast, but it's good. Mm. Like they are like I was when I've been hanging out with my cousin's kids, like her husband goes, isn't it nice? Don't you feel like a rock star? And I go, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. I yeah. show up and they just love me. Yeah. They love me for me. And the other day I was I, I was I forget that they're there. And I do that thing that you do as an adult where I go, I love, talk to their parents. I go, you know, who's a fucking dummy. And I'm about to say that someone we know is a dumb. And mm. they go, who's a dummy? And I go, oh, I shouldn't tell you this. And I go, I'm a dummy. And they go, Michael, you're not a dummy. Why would you ever say that about you? And I go, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, oh, you guys fucking believe in me. You haven't realized there's cooler fucking yeah, people I mean, out there in the world. I mean, there's so many topics about, we can just even ravel that one to well, another rabbit hole about just brainwashing millennials to think that having a family is not even 
a priority or it's no. not even important. Yeah, and, and look, not, family's not for everyone. If mm. it isn't for you, uh, you shouldn't be pushed into it. I'm all for if you don't want it, mm. don't do it. But I would say that I feel more people are encouraged, at least in the entertainment industry, mm. not to than to have one. No I mean, one's ever said, oh, have a kid that's good for your career. It's mm. always don't have one. They're bad for yeah, your career. It makes sense. I mean, now you're putting a priority to your family instead of your age and whatever that these people tell you. I mean, now you're thinking like, oh, now, now I need to do this not only for me, but for my family. And now you you have a wife, you have kids, and stuff like that. And they're thinking like, oh, I'm losing control because now these things are more priority for him as the art. But then he has to choose which one is a priority in the moment. Just to be honest, man, and that's a good point. Not everyone can have a family. No, not everyone's built for it. Not everyone has to have to. Mm. Uh, you know, you have five kids and make up for that dude who isn't having it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just that there's a... And that's going to be another topic. I think a lot of these millennials, uh, they're 30, uh, 32, 35, and they still looking themselves, right? Probably they are lost to their purpose, you know? And the purpose could be very simple. Purpose could be a family. Purpose can be help. Purpose can be becoming an inspirational speaker, comedian, musician, but they're lost on that, you know? And I think something happened in the generation of millennials that we somehow just detached ourselves from hitting something as a goal right so we right now we're just trying to still live alive like still live in college with well, roommates and stuff like that then yeah yeah you know i think that our growth into adulthood has been uh retarded it has been i don't know if i use that correctly late uh but yes yeah, late. it is <laughs> uh and part of that is how do you start a family when you're three hundred thousand dollars in and student debt. loan debt yeah I'm in you debt. Can't. You're in debt. Mm. We're both dudes who did everything to get to get to a better life. We did what we were supposed to, like mm -hmm. what we were, we were told to do by the people we trusted. Mm. Every authority figure I've ever known has fucking lied to me and, and not for my own good. And, and then people call me a conspiracy theorist when I say I don't trust the medical industry or I don't trust my politicians. I don't trust the fucking... Uh, the military industrial complex mm -hmm. or these the food industrial complex. I don't trust these people because they've continually told me to do this and it's always been against my best interests. All right. You, it, you can't have a family or I mean, you can try, but it's difficult to have a family or to even move into that next step of your life when you're crippled in debt and houses are more expensive. And kids are more expensive. Mike, you not want to believe how much it costs like a small one-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Yeah. $6.5 million, bro. Small apartment. Six point. Hey, you know, you, you know here's, how much... Here's to the recession, baby. Yeah. I was telling my girl that, that if you want to buy a property in Manhattan, just let that market just crash down to the ground, man. And then buy something if you want to. But buy an apartment, one bedroom, for $6.5 million. You can take that $6.5 million. You can buy mansions, like hundreds of mansions across the United States. Yeah. That's how crazy it is, you man. You don't live under a fucking mountain, man. Buy a river. Buy, buy, be in the mountain. Buy the mountain, right? Buy the river. Have a family. Have yeah. a house. And you still have uh, $5 million left. I'm torn... Because who knows if I end up having kids in the end. But I think about it more and more now. And I'm far more open about it than when I was younger. And I said I would never have them. And I think 
I want my kids to grow up in an environment where they can be nurtured, um, but I don't want them to grow up in an environment where they can be soft. Mm. Like, I don't know. I mean, I grew up around anger and violence and stepping over hypodermic heroin needles as a, as a little boy. Mm-hmm. And my thought is, and in very violent, horrible schools, and I'm like, that did make me stronger. Mm-hmm. So how do I raise my kids in an environment where they can become stronger and they have to get scars and they have to suffer and get trauma without it also destroying them, but also giving them a good fucking opportunity in childhood. I mean, in, uh, how can I say this? You can still raise them to be like that, but you have to be the model for that. Yeah. You have to be the model. Okay, you, you if your kid want to be a strong man, and go to the world strong as a strong man. You have to teach him how to be like that. You know, you have to teach him how to just go through the world. Hey, this is how the way that I do business. This is how the way I just find myself just making whatever I need from here. This is how do you, this is how you respect people. This is how people are supposed supposed to respect you. Mm-hmm. See, this is the thing that you can teach your kids without going through that struggle. It's not. I'm not saying do not. It's like not. We cannot make the mistake of the last generation that they, they, they told us. Okay, let me just work. While you just study, and then somehow you're gonna have a better life. No. You work, teach your kid how to work as well. Teach him how to go through the world as well. Okay? Don't 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 put them in a safe space where where not working hard is not part of the, his job as a as a future adult, you know? Making them part of that process could really help a lot. Let them fail. Yeah. Like that's my uh my my, one of the things I love about being with my cousin's kids is uh, their daughter's four. And every time I see her, she's wearing a sundress, but she is covered in cuts and bruises mm-hmm. from being a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll just, like, we're hanging out. She fell down and hit her head. And she's like, eh. And I go down. And I go, what's... And, like, her, her brother pushed her over. She goes, I hate you. And I go, talk to me. What's going on? She goes, well, you know, he just... He pushed me and I hit me. And I go, you okay? And... All she needed was me to listen. Mm. All she needed was me to go, what's going on? Talk to me. And within 30 seconds, she's she's fine. Yeah. You know? She's she running again. Get yeah. the fuck out. And yeah. also, it's good. You should fucking feel pain. Mm. You don't want them to, I don't want fucking weak kids, dude. I don't care what anyone says. Mm. I'll still love them, but I don't want fucking weak kids. That's, that's, that's so much. That's not even making a favor to nobody, you know? Having weak kids doesn't help anybody. No, it doesn't help them because then they grow up and they have no real problems and they yeah. they try and take someone else's yeah, plight make, and make it their own I identity. think in making kids accountable, if they did something wrong, make sure that they, there's some consequences when you do things wrong. Uh, when they do things right, just make sure that you, you know, nice job, right? But just making sure that there's, there's a reason why doing things wrong, there's consequences and doing things good, you know, there's, a, there's, a, you know, there's some kind of reward, yeah. you know? And I think that that's all about the family, the structure. I mean, if dad is in the right place and mom is in the right place and they know what they need to do to the future family, everything will be fine. I got like big into, so I know how to read people. It's a quality I have. It's something I've developed uh, to survive, to be a better comedian and to be better at life. And I pride myself in my ability to look someone and realize where they come from and what's going on. And what I've instinctively time and time again realized is that the problems we have overwhelmingly as adults, they always come from childhood. And if you look at people and once you find out, oh, I didn't have a mom or I didn't have a dad mm. or my mom was a junkie or my dad was abusive, you go, 
that's why you do that thing. Mm-hmm. That's why you do that thing. That's why that aspect of your personality has that thing as how you interact with others. And like me, I, I, I don't want to be the man my dad is. Mm-hmm. And so I will govern myself accordingly. Mm-hmm. You want to end a cycle. You want to. I don't want to. I, I, I'm not going to continue a cycle mm-hmm. of, you know, apples falling right in the same place and mm-hmm. becoming the next fucking alcoholic tree. Like your mm-hmm. dad was a musician. He taught you how to fucking play. Uh, my dad taught me how to fucking drink. He didn't put anything in my hands, mm-hmm. but I watched him enough to know I'm going to fucking do this thing mm-hmm. too. That's very and interesting. My kid won't ever grow up seeing me fucking touch liquor. Genetically, he'll, he'll probably be a fucking booze bag too. Mm. Uh, it's in his fucking genes. Mm. But you know, yeah. I won't be but the one least, to set I, that fucking. But example. at least it's not gonna be because Dad was doing it. You know, this, yeah, yeah. This this is where where it's important to make sure that you did you you start drinking. What's not because of me? Because I didn't teach you how to do that. You know. Yeah. And I, I had this conversation with my dad. I mean, I remember one time when my brother was doing drugs and stuff like that, and. And something happened. He he lost control of it, and he called my dad. And they were having the conversation. My dad has just gave a small small statement. I'm very upset for what you did. Yeah. You didn't learn that from me. That only with that mm-hmm. destroyed my brother's reality. Yeah. Only that statement. You have those moments, dude. Yeah. I, I had my. I watched my father mentally and emotionally abuse and destroy my mother over the course of my life mm-hmm. uh, in some in some really horrible fucking ways. And with my first girlfriend, <laughs> I, <laughs> Pablo just goes, oh, how bad did he fuck her up? And she just starts dying laughing. What the way? <laughs> you know what's crazy? Um, um, since I know, Mike, we always talk about these things, right? Yeah, yeah. And... It never gets old. That's that's a very interesting. It never gets old because I do understand where you're coming from, man. Yeah, and I caught myself doing it to a girlfriend. <laughs> I caught my. I remember coming out of a blackout and I was screaming at her. Yeah, and I'm like, you fucking dumb cunt, come pick me up. And I, I'm, I, I had a concussion. I fell down. And I hit my head. One of the many concussions I've had. And I remember her just crying on the phone. And when I sobered up, I went, "This isn't who I want to fucking be. This man. isn't. This is a vestige." in me of what I as a child thought a man was mm-hmm. and it's not what a man is supposed to be and it's not the man I will be and I won't fucking do this again mm-hmm. I think we all have those moments yeah, or we should rock bottom yeah I mean we should that's a that's a uh, that's a nice thing to start a debate we should or we should not hit that rock bottom to just make some changes everyone has a different version of what it mm. is And if you don't hit a wall, you don't get to change yourself. And no one's born right or born perfect. Mm. So you have to fucking hit something and then decide, this is what I want to be, and that's what I don't want to be. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. But shit, man, you're, we're getting uh, late on this podcast, and uh, your girlfriend's she's hiding over there on the other side of the apartment. <laughs> I don't. We're making this poor pregnant lady hiding in the. In the bathroom, so we should. <laughs> It's all good, man. Um, yo, man, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate. Yeah, it. well, I mean, there's gonna be a cross one, so I should thank yeah. you too because it let made me, me all let home. Me, let me give you something, man. This is my my draft for my book, dude. You're a <laughs> oh, Pablo. Book. I've I've watched Pablo routinely practice at night and write books. Yeah, you got a draft? This is, yeah, this is a draft for my upcoming book. Get it out there. 
Guide to getting your music out to the world. Pablo yeah. J. Ruiz Vargas. Yeah, man. Dude, Hispanics always have so many names in the name. Yeah, man. It just it just comes with Every Cuban I meet has like eight fucking names. You know, but Puerto Ricans has very short names compared yeah. with the other Hispanic culture. Yeah. Um Mexican they start they have um longer names. Manuel de la Garza, de la Cabrilla, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Puerto Ricans are very simple. It's just uh sometimes you include the two last names. Like in the States, you usually have one last name. Yeah, you get, uh, yeah. in my culture, you my get... Bain, right? well, oh, my, my Bain, right? I have my middle name, Michael James Bain, but I have a confirmation name because I was raised Catholic Yeah, I had to take during confirmation. So Michael James Gregory Bain. Exactly. So at most, we would have four names. Mm, so it's, it's like the same because we're Catholic. So in my case, I had two last names. So Pablo, Pablo Jose Ruiz Vargas. So Ruiz Vargas is my just Catholic's name because mm -hmm. they put my mom's and my father's first name. Yeah, but that's the book, man. That's the first draft. Uh, I have to face a couple things, but that's for you, man. Well, thank you, man. And uh, I appreciate uh, you doing this with me. I'm glad I got to see you again. Yeah, man. And we'll have to do this again because we have so many fucking stories we could talk about. Uh, like, I, I wouldn't even get into the whole uh, no fap thing. And oh, I was getting my over, God, bro. Uh, it's getting no over idea. our fucking... Uh, we, we touched on it, but I was getting over our demons as fucking yeah. only single men. And <laughs> that's that's a long that's oof that, that that's a big one for me. Yeah. You know it. That's a big one for me. The no fab stuff, and we can just wait. We can just go for hours. For yeah, man. Stuff. You saw me when I just got single from a seven year relationship, yeah. and I was fucked up mm -hmm. about it. So, well, I don't. Let's uh promote your stuff. So basically, you can find me in YouTube and Facebook for the P Alpha Music. Um, P Alpha Music Podcast and you can find me directly to my link so it's PAlphaMusic.com you can find my blog and article that I write um, every week uh, it's only related with music and self-development and for my podcast you can find me on Google Radio Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio and so on and, forth, so, and so forth and Anchor.fm slash P Alpha Music Podcast so yeah, I'm everywhere man that's the, the other I want to do one again where we can I didn't even get into your music. We just talked about it. It's all life. right, man. It's all right. Uh, and uh, which is what we do. But uh, Pablo is an amazing, accomplished musician. And I, I want to get talk about classical music. Mm. Who's, who's your favorite composer? Real quick. So I don't have a favorite composer. No. Uh, I do have Beethoven, Mozart, Rachmaninoff. So, yeah. So I have basically, uh, I love Liszt, Rachmaninoff, Beethoven, Bach, uh, Carl Cherny, Chopin. It, it, it just go. It, I see composers. I'm as, not a Chopin guy myself. Huh? <laughs> Too sugar, but I see composers as people that have different ideas, right? And I just learn from those ideas. Since I'm a composer, right? I see it differently. Yeah. So each composer has different ideas, so it's different influence to my music, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's how I see composers. Uh, I'm very interested in American 19th century composers. Yeah. Yes, I'm very into that right now. Huh very they're very lost into the oblivion and no one's playing their music and, no no one really is and right now that's really tickling me a little bit and putting my very personal I, i'm taking it a little bit personal since we're playing these european composer but then we have this catalog of great composers and masterpieces and no one's even touching them yeah so i'm taking that that road a little bit more personal well good well we at least touched on it there we'll do it next time mm -hmm. uh and if you're listening on Pablo's podcast. Uh, check me out uh, at Mike Bain Comedy YouTube, Instagram, I, I TikTok, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Mike Bain. Um, get your act together with Mike Bain podcast on all platforms. 
Yeah, man. There we go, uh, man. All right, dude. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah, all right, man. Thank you so much, man. And, uh, fucking, I'm glad to see you take this next step in your life, dude. Thank you so much, man. All right. Thank you so much, guys.